0: Man, this is good. The tangerine? It's really yeah, you picked yeah. good one there.
1: Yeah. That's really if you,
0: well, seriously, if you like those sort of fruited New Englands, you got to try the brooded one. I've never oh, heard yeah. anybody brooding a fruit in New England. and Right fucking here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Boom.
0: Save that for the show. That's, good, right, stuff. That's right. good stuff. <laughs> Save the f-bombs for the show, please. Come on.
3: Hey, pass, pass me, me a, a beer. beer. I Look, at least promise me you won't drink.
0: Alcohol always leads to trouble.
3: Hey, who wants to play Drink the Beer? Right here.
0: <laughs> you win. All right. What do I win? Another beer. Just have a cup of coffee.
3: Beer it is.
2: Cough, E
3: Beer.
4: i kill for a beer.
2: Cheap <gasps> beer and a sympathetic ear. Step right up.
4: Hey, everybody. Welcome back uh, to another episode of Beard Hops Podcast. We are on location today at Central Waters Brewery with the founders and owners of Paul and Anello, Malika, right? Malika, Malika. Nice try I just, I know we just talked about it. We just so talked. About. We just said it. We just said it. <laughs> We've got Anello next to me and Paul next to him, and uh, of course, you guys know the uh, usual suspects here. I'm Chad, Adam, and Jake. How you guys doing today?
0: Pretty solid, man. Living the
5: awesome.
2: Dream. Living the dream.
5: We got we got Anello out of painting, so
0: yeah, yeah, got me out of working on a house. There you so. go. Yeah, it's awesome. Well,
2: nothing
4: better than getting out of housework and come drink beer. So
0: yeah, go back a little bit tipsy, and <laughs> those lines will be straight. Yeah, <laughs> Ish. yeah. Ish. it's amazing how they straighten out later I in the day.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so we are um, in your your tap room, which is awesomely located right in front of your your fermentation tanks. I love the setup here. So uh, I guess first of all, tell us. Who you guys are, and then how you got started, and Jake, you're looking at
1: me like you have a baited question or Yo, something. That's you want am just so excited. That's I, constipation. I love our backdrop here. <laughs>
2: Go ahead, guys, please. You know,
1: we were trying to find the best place to set up, and we found it, so yeah. anyways.
3: <laughs> it is awesome. Well, welcome, guys. You know, um, Thank you. Yeah, this is our tap room. We have it positioned right in the middle of our brew house, essentially. Um, obviously, we can't brew or be in production when the tap room is open, so it does cause a A little bit of stress there when you want to be open more, but you got to brew more. So that's interesting. um, Yeah, there's a risk factor involved when you're cleaning tanks and stuff like that. So, you know, we don't want any uh, visitors to get injured, you know. Um, Does that lead to
1: more night brewing?
3: Uh, It led to an increase of capacity and an increased brew house size so that we didn't have to go around the clock. Mm -hmm. Um, We currently run two shifts up in the brew house um, and then... Most of our production, when it comes to cellar work or uh, packaging, we're running about a nine-hour shift a day. So, um, but what we've done is we've oversized everything to to kind of accommodate all of that. Um, As retail has grown, we never expected that when we built this place. And then you hate to all of a sudden wall off the tap room, and you know we lost that feeling of what this place used to be. So, absolutely, yeah. So we kind of worked around it, and
4: so this is this is open all the time. There's no way to. Partition nope. off nope. the brewery from the tap room.
3: Yeah, so you come to our tap room, you kind of get the r- real brewing experience. Yeah. So, I like it. on Fridays when we're kicking down equipment, you know, it's still pretty damn hot in here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah when it's hot outside, it is hot in here. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, I, mean, so I mean, we're cooling with ambient outside air, you know. Um, so, we're we're typically in the brew house about 10 degrees above ambient, you know. So, if it's a 90 degree day, it's 100 up there. Uh, so, it and 100% humidity, so. Yeah, Keeps us all skinny. Yeah, right. Drink <laughs> <laughs> it down, sweat it right That's out. That's right. Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, take us back.
5: How did you – did you guys start home brewing? How did this all start? How did you guys come about? Where the love Being from? the crazy you one wanna, starting the brewery. You want to tell the story? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you
0: wanna, you uh, want uh, me to tell <laughs> the story? Is that, that a
3: bat? Anello and I met back in college. So first, first couple of days, freshman year of college. 1994. So, yeah, so he – he came to UW. Stevens Point from uh, growing up in Milwaukee. I came over from Rochester, Minnesota, and uh, we met pretty quickly and pretty quickly started homebrewing essentially, so realizing that you know you can buy the ingredients and yeah you know, I'd like to remind you, you, know, the young people out there, this was pre-internet. <laughs> it so, was
0: man there was no cell phone. wait no there internet. was never internet what are you talking about there's yeah. it's always been
5: internet what do you mean I was, just,
3: I was just reading something about how you and I are like the last generation to grow up without internet yeah. you know or. Right. Yeah. So you were serious when, when I showed up and I asked about Wi-Fi and you are like, didn't know what I was talking
0: about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's learned since then. Yeah. But, you know. So <laughs> where
1: were you getting
3: your information then, like pre-internet? Charlie
0: Papazian. Yeah.
3: The Joy of Homebrewing was
0: yeah. pretty much oh, the only yeah.
3: information that was out there. Uh, the ho- yeah. yeah. Well, much-
0: there was also the Homebrewers Bible. Uh, the yeah. Homebrewers Bible. We didn't get
3: yeah. that for a couple of years. Yeah you're poor, you know. So, yeah. but, but
5: you got the book off Amazon, right? I mean, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Delivered exactly within two right. days, yeah. did yeah. Exactly get book right. Amazon? Amazon huh? yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you actually had to we go to a downloaded. store yeah.
3: and buy yeah. a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Libraries exist? Yeah. yeah, we heard about those. <laughs> yeah, our, our, our first batch of producing alcohol was actually uh, an attempt at a homemade cider, um, which was essentially picking up a gallon of or uh, apple cider, and throwing some bread yeast into it. You know, we were in the dorms doing this. Oh really? Know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> was this approved? Was this <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or was it down in the downloads <laughs> and so nobody? Yeah. Oh, so there it, was an empty dorm room with Jimmy the lock open on that we'd keep our bottles that would explode in it. <laughs> you know, shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so the
3: the first the first batch that we did with this apple cider, a girl on a floor above us said, "Well." If it goes bad and you drink it, it'll make you blind. (laughs)
0: What? (laughs) Which is funny now, but we believed that shit at the time.
2: Oh, yeah, we were all
3: scared to drink it. (laughs) You test it. (laughs) And, And again, no internet, you know, like... What book do you find that says, oh, yeah, if you drink this, you'll go blind, or you won't go blind? You you find know? Like, where one, do you find this information? You know, that
5: one annoying guy on the dorm room floor and say, hey, try this one. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's
3: different than what I was told would to
4: make me go blind when right. I was there growing up. Right, there was something up. totally different. <laughs> 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 oh, we had learned long
0: before that. Was <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. I was going to say, he tested that theory several yeah, times. Yeah. So it's Hairy. His hands were really but hairy, yeah. but <laughs> But his
3: vision was great. <laughs> I love how this show's gone downhill so fast. Oh, yeah. So, that that didn't take long at, at all. That's
5: the, it. That's the longest house, we've made I think it's the longest
2: we've made yeah. <laughs> It's a new record. Um,
4: before we go any further, what, we're, since we're at a brewery and we're all drinking beer, what are we uh, What are we drinking? Adam, what do you got over there? Uh,
5: Tangerine New England IPA. It's awesome. Sweet.
4: Love it. I'm drinking uh, the Kolsch. Is it um, Optimism Optimism, Optimism Kolch. Kolch. Kolsch? Kolsch. Uh, Kolsch is one of my favorite favorite styles so this was uh, an immediate go-to for me
0: uh, i'm what drinking our summer seasonal crew drive which uh to my knowledge is the only brooded pilsner available on the market and it's pretty fantastic
4: yeah. we've all we've all had it it's it is a delicious delicious beer i
3: haven't, seen, it I
5: haven't seen another one either so yeah you're right yeah. i didn't
4: say your last name earlier paul graham so that's that's <laughs> the other gentleman we have sitting here so
3: what are you drinking paul? I, i'm drinking the kolsch as well it's, nice. it's a Sunday, a warm day, so it's a fantastic companion yeah. to a day like today. Absolutely. What do you got, Jake? I'm
1: drinking the crew drive. I did not realize that I had had this before, but <laughs> whatever, it's delicious.
0: It's <laughs> probably not going to be your only one today. So. Oh, no, it's yeah.
1: definitely not. I didn't
0: drive, so. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Adam. <laughs> you are driving home. Here we go. You can play the game that I play with my wife: the last one to get drunk has to drive. <laughs>
5: that's, hey. that's fair. Yeah, that's pretty fair. I think. Yeah, we're, we're driving my daughter's car, so it's whatever. Actually, happens.
0: no, we we do not condone that here. At Central. it's <laughs> yeah. not a thing that we do. No. It just usually means my wife drives when <laughs> I bring that game up. <laughs>
5: All right, so you're brewing in your dorm room, and then you're like, wow, this is pretty good, or what? No, was it was it, awful. You know, it was all, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, And we graduate, you know, we pretty much, somebody
3: was brave enough to taste it. They didn't go blind. Didn't go blind. A few, you know, a few other people, including us, tried it, and it was awful. Yeah. You know, like, we can do better than that, you know. <laughs> that's, How much that's did you, you make? Like a, like a five a gallon? A gallon. A gallon? A gallon. I mean, it was yeah. literally, like, pop the top off, pour some yeast in, put the top back on. And we should point out, it was, I'm pretty sure it was bread yeast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It oh. was bread Yeah, yeast. yeah. Right.
0: because it's not like
3: you could go buy brewer's yeast. Right. You know? right. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, yeah. It was awful. You know. <laughs> and I think. I think. Kind of the motto for our life has always been. You know, we can do better you know yeah. so it's when you did you test it did you know what the specific gravity was and what the ABV ended up we didn't even what know what a hydrometer you was just, yeah. <laughs> so this is just total experimentation. Oh, yeah. lots oh, yeah. to I don't even know if it had alcohol in it it just <laughs> tasted <laughs> horrible were you
1: speculating on the ABV like uh, well this could be a 5 a 2 oh, a 12 like a 8.10
3: for sure <laughs> yeah. for sure nailed it yeah. <laughs> oh i mean we we were kids you know, yeah. Gotta yeah, remember yeah. that. Yeah, we're know? 18 years old. This was before you know. we had the joy of homebrewing. You know, yeah. before we had the bite. Oh, okay. Before you okay. had, it was, okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think shortly after that, we had a friend who grew up in Stevens and didn't live in the dorms, and he said, "Well, I've brewed before. Let's brew together." You know, so we went over to his place and uh, did a did a batch over there. Yeah. I it fermented it in a five gallon carboy. Sure. And uh, didn't bother tasting it before we bottled it. I'm sure by that point it was so contaminated that it didn't matter, <laughs> but you know we had collected Hacker Shore bottles, you know, so all the half-liter bottles. Um, and as we're getting ready to bottle it, our buddy Sean was like, "Well, I think we put a heaping tablespoon of sugar into every bottle." Ooh. It was like,
2: uh, "Sure." So okay. every Holy bottle, I just not
0: even measuring it, just like <laughs> oh.
3: <Yeah. laughs> just, yeah. dumping, just yeah. dumping it into the bottles, oh. like you know? literally a paper funnel that we rolled <laughs> yeah. up, you know, yes. like a piece of paper <laughs> yeah. you roll up into a funnel, a tablespoon, quote, you know, heaping yeah. tablespoon into every bottle.
2: Oh
5: my gosh!
3: Needless to say, batch number two didn't turn out either. <laughs> it, it, Those it, things hit the ceiling when they explode.
0: I was going to say, oh, yeah. 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 There,
3: was, uh, there was one party that we were at, and, and we kind of jokingly left some bottles because they still had the Hacker Shore labels like oh, yes. around the basement, you know? And as the beer ran out, people would be like, oh, there's a Hacker Shore right there, you know? And you'd hear it when it opened. You was just boom. <laughs> <laughs> and so you turn and watch as the foam just went. <laughs> Good times. Yeah, yeah. Good times. So, you guys off to a great start. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It
0: was a solid yeah. start, man. It's exactly, you know. So, uh, so yeah. that immediately turned into
3: we we should open
0: a brewery. <laughs> <laughs> exploding beers. Everybody not, wants is exploding Is it wrong beer. of me to say that's not too far off from where we're at today? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> table tablespoon <laughs> of sugar. <laughs>
2: so that's the secret around here, right? oh, <laughs> table man! Tablespoon of sugar in every beer.
3: <laughs> well, but you know, by the time by the time we got done with college though, we had uh, a four tier gravity fed system 15 gallons you know i worked at the parks had access to welding equipment and a good welder so we had fabricated some awesome brewing equipment in my garage yeah in his garage and uh we were by the end by the end of college we were cranking off some great beers and you know and in quite a large quantity you know
0: Throwing house parties, charging cup fees. Yeah.
2: Right. Nice. Oh yeah. really? Yeah, yep. it
0: was just our home brews on tap. Wow. <laughs> Out of a fridge yeah. in the basement. Four yeah. tappers Four on the fridge, everything was it. in corny kegs. Yeah. It was yeah. Totally yeah.
2: illegal. So. <laughs>
3: totally illegal. <laughs> Statute of limitations is up on that yeah, shit. You're fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, remember
3: we're talking twenty some years ago, so Yeah, <laughs> right.
5: Yeah. So how did that lead into let's do this thing and <clears> start a brewery?
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: well, uh,
1: was there a period of like you got jobs and you're like, man, we really just need to go back to, to what we
3: love doing? Not, for, not, not for really. me. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> no. So Never. we. Another one. I didn't start the brewery, so okay. I was the first employee. So oh, okay. Yep. Right. So yeah, that's why uh, Right some, on there. Some yeah. good buddies, okay. Mike and Jerome, had actually started Central Waters in January of 1998. They hired me on in August, so eight months after startup. Um, Mike was a silent partner. He didn't work there. Jerome was basically doing everything himself. Um, they called me because they heard I graduated. i had heard about our homebrewing from a guy who was volunteering with them. Remember Josh? Yeah. Yep. yep. Josh had been doing a lot of volunteering with them. And I uh, said, this guy just graduated. He's looking for a job, you know. And uh, so they hired me on part-time. I, I had another full-time job that I was doing. And uh, within three months, they told me to quit the other job and Come work for a wonderful 650 an hour full time, you know.
0: <laughs> so, Anello started on shortly. It was shortly the- after that, I was in Alaska when all that went down. Yep. And I came back. You had bought a house. I needed a place to live, so you rented me a room in your house. And we're like, yeah, I can get you a job at this brewery that started up. But yeah. Jerome had started up, and so I went there and started working. Yeah. Yep. It was the two of us then. Um, and then now Paul has stayed. The- stayed with Central Waters ever since that point, right? I left shortly after that actually. It wasn't too just long. A couple of, couple of months. Where they're like, we can't afford both of you guys at this whopping hourly rate. <laughs> <laughs> but you had to remember too, this was before two thousand sure. even, you know, I mean craft beer was just not a thing. Right. Wholesalers would not pick up the brand because they didn't believe that craft beer was gonna... I mean, the late nineties was like kind of a crash of craft beer because in the mid-90s you had all these brew pubs popping up right including one in stevens point that's no longer there i left Central waters to go work at the brew pub in stevens point um and then i worked for point brewery and then a brewery up north um, <clears throat> and none of them really panned out to what i was looking for so uh well this is partly telling some of paul's story here but uh then while i was gone paul bought the brewery from mike and Jerome with another guy that was a friend of ours I came back worked a little bit for those guys kind of went into my career path that I went to college for which was counseling Um, and then it came back for me I came back in January of 06 and bought out Paul's original business partner Clint and so since January of 06 it's just been the two of us Nice. nice and that was back in Junction City still where we started not here yeah so yeah I mean that's the abridged life. A lot of shit
3: happening between all that. <laughs> I bought in with uh, Clint. It was. Uh, <clears throat> those were some rough years. Yeah, you know. Um, we were in a landlocked building, um, fifty by fifty building, twenty five hundred square feet. Uh, no forklift, uh, no loading dock. Um, you basically you, you unloaded trucks by hand. You know, so all the all the raw ingredients coming in, the packaging materials, all unloaded wow. by hand. Um, when I bought the business, we had a one-head filler, so we were filling 22-ounce bottles, one at a time. Oh, on, a, on a good hour, I could fill seven cases, yeah. you oh, know. Man. We had a seven-barrel <laughs> uh, brewery that was literally cobbled together from old dairy tanks. So, I mean, it was nothing more than a really large home-brewing system, yeah. you know. You get into the, the July and August months, you had hard times controlling temperatures and fermentation, you know. Um, it it was a rough life, without a doubt. You know, and dumping batches that just couldn't pan out because of temperature fluctuations. You know, inconsistency problems. Um, you were landlocked, so you couldn't really grow. We had Highway Ten yeah, no literally in front of us. You know, we had the railroad immediately behind us.
0: By immediately meaning, you could touch a. a- a train and the building at the same time. Yeah.
2: Oh geez. my god.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even exaggerating. Well, you
3: know, the original owners wow. had bu- had bought the building for five thousand dollars. I think we sold it for about three. You know, so I mean, Junction City is a dying town. So you know, nobody really supported you there. You had to drive eight miles out of town to buy beer. Yeah. This is pre tap rooms. You know, I'm
0: mean, like, yeah, tap rooms yeah. were not. I was just, I was just gonna say that. that yeah. That was not a thing then. Like yeah. beer tourism was not at all a thing you'd get occasionally people that would come in maybe fill up a growler but it i mean people weren't looking to go to a brewery and hang out and drink like they are today it was not bad at all
3: yeah so we didn't have a retail aspect you know and so i mean it was literally retail was beer fest that's where we sold beer fest yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. We, I mean, that is how we sold t shirts and merch. It was you'd bring all that gear to, to beer fests, and yeah. that's the only way you
0: got merch out there because people didn't come to breweries. Yeah. You know? which, yeah. is, which is frankly, I think, something that gets missed with a lot of the new breweries that have opened up. 90% of them that have you know, opened up is they were never a part of that history. Most of them weren't even old enough to drink when that history was going on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, how long it's taken for us to turn this industry into what it is today, um, man, it was very different back then. Yeah. I think our I think our best year in sales in Junction
3: City was two hundred and thirty thousand dollars. So wow. which
0: was a lot it, well, for back, us back then. then it then felt yeah. great. Yeah.
3: You know, we were probably pulling home twelve, thirteen thousand dollars in income. You know. I had years that were eight thousand dollars in income. Yeah. You know. But you know, Jeez. you're young and dumb. You know, <laughs> right. I mean it's just yeah. young enough to work. 80, 90 hours a week, I was constantly. Say, how many hours were you working? Yeah, so I went from, I went from six fifty an hour when I bought the place, down to probably three dollars an hour because <laughs> yeah, I was trying to take the were... same income home, yeah. but I'm working twice as many hours. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, yeah. it was those were some struggling years, you know, and there were, banks weren't willing to take risks on you because craft beer is a fad. You yeah. know, that's what everybody. There's no
0: investors. There's nobody you could go to and be like, yeah, I'll invest in you. Yeah, here's some. Yeah, here's I mean, some working cap. Like that. That wasn't it.
3: You're, you're a food possible. related business, you know, which is high risk to begin with, right. you know, um, especially back then, you know, and a brewery, which everybody thinks is a fad,
2: right. you know.
3: Here I am, twenty something, ponytail, you know, I got a damn good business plan, but banks won't even read it, you know. So, what do you do? You're just just uh, because it was a know? brewery, they're just like, no, yeah. we're just not gonna, yep. we're no, not sending money. Was craft
1: even, like, coined back mm-hmm. then? Did you even... Did you use that terminology oh, at that no, time? No, it was we we micro yeah. yeah. Everybody that, yeah, was micro. micro. Yeah, our micro- very first
0: slogan was micro-brew for the micro-few. Yeah.
1: Micro-brew for the micro-few. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You know, wow. and that and literally, I mean, it was unload trucks, brew it, bottle it, throw it in the back of your trucks, drive it around, you know, central Wisconsin, and, and basically pedal your wares.
2: And
0: Yeah, for the first nine years, we sold our own beer. We didn't have a wholesaler, so... Uh, We would sell it around Stevens Point, Wausau. uh, And then eventually we ended up going once a week. Every Friday we'd fill up this from a pickup truck, progress to a broke-down minivan. You know, we would throw a bunch of cases and a bunch of kegs into it and drive down to Madison every Friday and to half a dozen accounts sell beer. And some of the funniest stories still exist from, like, when Paul was trying to go down there with a pickup truck, and if it was raining or snowing, no delivery because the cardboard would get wet right you know so can't,
2: can't
3: deliver cases when they're getting wet yeah. so it's like right, star no delivery this week guys oh, yeah. 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 we'll see you <laughs> next Friday <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you yeah. next Friday oh, sorry it's raining Mad- today we Madison, can't deliver yeah. Madison was my run so I yeah. brew and bottle Monday through Thursday and then Friday was my day out of the brewery you know and take off and run down to Madison and Smart you know, though,
1: would you capture some young beer drinkers that were became fans that have I, followed you since? Did, I think the biggest
3: the biggest thing we did back then is is create these relationships with retailers. Okay, where you know like we'd bring beer into those accounts, and everybody would be like,
5: woo, Central Waters, yeah. you yeah. know, you're. Just,
3: you know, me being a shy guy, would just kind of ignore it and walk through. You know, <laughs> but um, you, you foster these relationships that really, in the long run, help build the brand. But it you still know? exists
0: today. Yeah,
3: absolutely, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's it's that personal relationship of somebody seeing your struggles and enjoying the product at the same time that they get behind you and and they they start becoming your salesman. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. Star Liquor, Riley's Wines of the World, Star Liquor, I mean, those were the first two accounts in Madison, and those guys pushed product like no tomorrow. I mean, they they really helped elevate us. I mean, Steven's point, you know, Central Wisconsin was great, but it's a limited market just right. based on population. Right. You know, when, you, when you're talking about, you know, university-centric, um, yeah. a little more progressive area in yep. Madison, sure. you know, where craft beer was starting to take off long before it did in Central Wisconsin. It, it these relationships were completely invaluable you know and it put us where we are because of that you know so yeah, yeah just, we didn't
0: start selling out of central Wisconsin and Madison until 2008 it was the first year we started going to like Milwaukee and Appleton and places like that so yeah and that was after we moved here yep. When we were in Junction we didn't we did the once a week down to Madison and central Wisconsin and Wausau that was it
5: yeah so how much were you brewing back then what like
3: so, barrels. our biggest year, 750? I think the last year we were in Junction, we cranked off about 750 barrels. Yeah.
5: And then, just for comparison, what are you doing today?
3: Uh, we're right around that 15,000 barrel mark. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And
1: how many employees did you yeah, have near, you near have the end have? of the Junction compared to now?
3: We had one wow. more. Just So, it was the two of us and one more.
1: So, there's three that put out 750. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. What do you Plus, do? delivered it. Plus yeah. Oh yeah! No, you're. When did you guys everything. sleep? <laughs> <laughs> so there wasn't a lot of that after disc golfing usually. Yeah, been yeah. <laughs> nice. See, but those are the good days because it's been how nice the weather was outside. There were days back then where it's like, damn, it's really nice out. Let's go golfing today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, let's
3: go golfing. Okay. Today, you know, or you know, something <laughs> would go wrong. There's no hardware store in town, so if something broke, you'd be like, fuck it. Let's go golfing. Yeah. Go <laughs> we'll grab the park.
4: Yeah.
5: yeah. Close it up early. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So, how many employees awesome.
3: today? Uh, right now, we have 29 on payroll. So, it, it's, uh, we got a quite a difference. Yeah. yeah. Much larger operation yeah. Now. But we yeah. have yeah. an incredible yeah, crew. We do. We
0: have, yeah.
5: Now what, what would crew. you say was the, I don't know, the jumping point where things started jumping to point. turn around and it became, you know, not, not as, as hard as it was with just you know three people doing this, like was there
0: was there a certain tipping point in time where you're like, oh, this is or, I don't work. know, or like you know, the, I mean, I don't yeah. know if there was like one moment that I could pick out. I mean, moving here was huge. Yeah. yeah, that was that was probably the biggest change in the history of this business that took Central Waters up was moving to Amherst and building a larger facility that we can make more product out of got into more people's hands. Uh, the brand got more popular. We won some pretty key medals back then that brought the brand up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, our first one, well, truly our first medal was back in 99, and that was at the World Beer Cup, our barley wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, won a bronze, right? was it wasn't yeah. silver, bronze. And then in 2006, Burn Barrel Cherry Stout won a gold at the Great American Beer Festival. And I'd say, like, in terms of... When things really got crazy for a hype level was probably, I mean, it probably happened before the World Beer Cup gold, but that's where, in my mind, things clicked. You know, things, things change a little bit. When our uh, sixteen, our 16th anniversary beer won a gold at the World Beer Cup, there was already hype going on when our 14th um, won a gold at the GABF, and then when 16 took gold at the World Beer Cup, that's when, that's when shit went bananas for those parties, man, you know? For the anniversary parties. Yeah. yeah. Just absolutely went crazy. <laughs> and still is today.
2: Yeah.
4: So I before we talk about this, this facility and and, be, and being in Amherst, I'm looking at a map here of where Junction City is. It's oh, yeah. west of The other side of
2: Stevens Point. Point, yeah.
4: Um, and it's it is I guess sort of centrally located around some bodies some bodies of water. But is that where the name came from? Because yeah. it's kind of exactly. this, like, surrounded by this backward C shape of yep waters. Yep. So exactly, right, yeah. and that and that's
3: why the
0: heron has always been an integral
3: part of our design work. Yeah. Okay. You know? So cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We are in a migratory throughway for the great blue heron. So um, you know if you look at you're looking at a map here and you can see the bodies of water. What you're really looking at is the wisconsin river and that's that's the throughway way that's the, oh yeah it does flow yeah yeah yep. there's just dams yeah. that make it turn it into lakes you know backwaters and lakes that was i've always wondered that
4: because the location where you're at now here in amherst mm-hmm. is not really <laughs> surrounded by a bunch of water so but that makes well, that's sense. tomorrow we, river is right down we the, do the road <laughs> quarter of a mile away but yeah no we're
3: we're not anymore you know and especially out in Junction City there was uh what's the wetland out there the big marsh oh the marsh uh I can't even remember yeah Dewey Marsh Mm, um so you know it was it uh part of the Central Waters was was first coined as a competing homebrew club so Mike and Jerome who both lived out by Junction City was kind of ribbing the point homebrew club ah we're going to start our own homebrew club out in out in uh, the Junction City area, yeah. okay. uh, and call it Central Waters, you know, and then it started as a few home brews, and then eventually made it into a brewery. So they were.
4: So when there was enough, um, I guess, was there enough brand recognition with the name Central Waters when you made the move to Amherst, um, or oh, when yeah. you bought it? Was there ever any discussion of changing the name? No. No. It's always, it's just always no. been, no. no Central Waters.
3: Oh, when I bought it, you know, and the company was barely three years old. Uh, was there a lot of brand recognition? Nah, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. But I was already, you know, after being involved for two and a half years, I had my my nose to the grindstone. I was already so focused on trying to improve on what we were doing that the whole branding, artwork, type stuff had no play into what I was doing, you know. And back then, you got to remember there wasn't. A thousand SKUs at your big liquor stores. You know, I mean, there wasn't many at all. And so for a lot of years, Anello actually had to talk me into rebranding back in 2013, something like that. Yeah. You know, our labels were junk. I mean, they were all over the board. It was basically like, hey, we're coming out with this new beer. We don't have any money. Who can help design a label for us? You know, so there was no brand consistency no, consistency. Mm-hmm. no we were going
0: to different friends to create labels and and you have to remember our first like when we first went into a 12 ounce six-pack bottle that was huge for us right yeah but we couldn't afford to pay for like the printing design the design printing so yeah we had a cardboard box a generic craft cardboard box that closed on the top And we've labeled every bottle by hand. We get a roll of stickers. Really? And every single bottle, we would spend two days a week back in Junction just labeling bottles. You know, so you oh, would just wow. sit there all day long and you would and just... You could, you could tell as they drank more throughout the day. Yeah. Every now and then crooked. you throw an upside-down <laughs> one on there. <laughs> upside-down ones just totally. for the fun of it. What does this mean? And then, yeah. and then the, and then the label... Ticket. yeah <laughs> The label on the actual six-pack was just the label that was on the bottle. We'd throw another sticker on the side of the six-pack. They were wider than the short side of the six-pack, so there was always a little flap, you know, <laughs> hanging off the side. And that was our that was our six-pack on the shelf, so you'd go into, like... <clears throat> A liquor store and you know back then you know the brands you'd see was you'd have Pete's Wicked Ale, you'd have Summit, you'd have Sierra and then a the brown cardboard box with a sticker
2: <laughs> 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 you
0: know? That's the one right there And There it... weren't people with mobile canning lines driving around yeah. to throw your shit into into a package for you yeah. like, That's like those, that was all before all that stuff so you had to figure out what you could do with however much you could afford you know, do you it.
1: dedicate a uh, position here to branding, or do you work with? Uh, we
0: probably should, huh? <laughs> 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 we our head brewer, uh, our head brewer, his wife is a graphic
3: designer, so she does all of our graphic
0: design work okay. for us. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, yep. So That's she can,
3: yeah. uh, she works from home and then
0: basically freelances for
3: us during the evening. Yep. So,
0: so all of the labels you've seen coming out in the last you know number of years have all been her. Yep. I know. Yeah, yeah. This
3: yeah so
1: what you're talking about
0: predates
1: me. Um, Chad turned me on I don't know a couple of years ago so I'm used to this, I I know Central Waters when I see it, especially anything that's like Barrel Edge which is you know my favorite yeah yeah,
4: yeah. should we jump into the Barrel Edge program? Do you want to go into
0: that right away? Is that where you want? Yeah, that's well, fine by me. Well we've it's got uh, we've got
4: plenty of time as long as you guys have time we can we've got a bunch of subjects here so <laughs> well, we've
5: got at least
1: at least two main subjects yeah but well then. <clears throat>
5: I've asked this question to other longtime brewers, and it's always interesting to hear what. So, from where you started to now, what's the thing that you would say has been you've seen the biggest change within industry that has either surprised you or you know you weren't expecting? You just want one thing.
2: (laughs) Go ahead, give us. I mean, however many you want. Your
0: time too. (laughs) We're here. We're here to learn. The thing that's most fresh in. My mind was something I was showing Paul in the office before you guys showed up. A brewery doing frozen beer slushy pouches to really? go. Really? Yeah. I've seen this in, in the
4: wine industry. Yeah. yeah. Like frozen They're doing like, it beer, like now? freezing, thing, freezing beer it, put now. it into yeah. a plastic pouch and
0: yeah. selling it to go from a brewery frozen beer in a pouch with a straw.
2: That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like a no, beard no chill. No that one's not for you. Yeah, yeah, that's that. that. That's like, totally. <laughs> Don't mind me and my Slurpee. We're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
0: I never thought I'd see shit like that. Yeah. Wow. You know, uh, but. Yeah, that's.
3: Yeah. I, you know, I'm at, I'm at the point. Nothing's. I think I, it's the last. hard to be surprised. The last though. five yeah. years have been so surprising that yeah. whatever comes out these days, you're just like. Everybody's just throwing shit at the wall Pretty and much. trying to see what That's sticks. What it feels like. You know, what it feels like, like yeah, absolutely. You know, and and some things work, some things don't. You know, like I was I was out at another brewery about a week ago, and I was drinking a beer that had cake batter in it, and first two sips were actually I was before I knew what it was. I was like, what is going on? Like this is interesting, tasty. You know, like. But it just wasn't quite working for me, you know? and then my head brewer told me what it was, and I was like, "That's what's going on." And then by the halfway through it, I couldn't, you know, I was like, "This is weird." Yeah, you know? <laughs> a little too much. That doesn't—that well. doesn't, that doesn't <clears throat> mean that consumers don't want it. That doesn't mean that it's not a saleable product. That just right. means it doesn't work for me, right. you know. But like, some of, some of the shit we're throwing into beers these days, like cake batter,
5: you know, like I mean, do you think people,
3: do you, breakfast cereals? cereals? Yeah, is it's like just breakfast cereals?
1: The Lucky Charms.
3: Is that people trying to find their spot? Like trying to find
5: a way I, to stand out, or I, like is it? Yeah, I th- like exactly. throwing it up on the wall scene. You know, I, you know, I
0: think it started as shock value. Exactly, yeah. that's and then what I think. sold. Yeah, and then it became a thing, I guess.
1: But sometimes it feels like breweries just follow the trend as long as it's the trend, and then there's definitely and then, some they, of that. And and then you know, they let it go. We're they find you know, there's. The I'm not
0: saying that our hands are clean on that either, you know, but. At some point, when there's a trend going, and you know, this is a talk that we've had more so recently than early on, is when your consumers are asking you for something. That's what we're here for. We're a we're a beverage producer, and we make things that we like. We make beers that we drink. Uh, but sometimes, when you're, you're you're constantly hearing, "You guys got to make one of these. You guys got to make one of these." Okay, let's do it. You know,
4: is the is the. Uh the trends that are out there, this, this just throwing shit at the wall to see what's going to stick. As a, as a consumer and as a podcast, I, f- I almost feel like sometimes it's overwhelming to understand the variety that's out there. Do you guys feel that way as, as brewers? Like, is it, a, is it an overwhelming feeling like, oh, my God, this brewery is doing that. What are we going to do? Do we need to stand out? Do we need to do something like this?
3: You know, I, in my personal feelings are there's so much noise in the marketplace that to stand out and be one of those heavily sought after big breweries right now is Mm -hmm. damn near impossible, you know. I mean, Central Waters is always going to, we're going to have our carve out, we're going to have our fans, we're going to continue to produce, you know, a lot of quality beer and continually mix in new stuff. and, And, you know, the biggest thing for us is pushing ourselves constantly, you know. Like I said at the beginning, you know, like we can do better. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's, this is a big year for us, you know, releasing nine new brands, you know, that are just kind of one-offs, but they've worked through the pilot systems, and then now they're coming out into full production and getting labeled and canned. And, yeah. Um, but you want to talk about though, like what what are the? Well, the tangerine like? was, was okay. the first one to come out this year. Perfect. Yep. 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 Can't wait to get it. I want to drink um. that for breakfast.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
3: You know, and so we our head brewer is basically spends all of his time working on a three barrel pilot system which we've quickly realized that it's not a big enough pilot system. Mm, yeah. So we're, we're in the process right now of pulling in bids to upgrade that to a seven barrel system, you know? So our pilot system is going to be the same size as most breweries, brew houses, you know, same so yeah. as our very first, brew house. same size as yep. same size what you started yeah. with. Yeah. But you know, when you're, when you're cranking off three barrel batches, you're selling through them so fast in the tap room. So, it, you know, let's, let's make sure this is worth our while. And, and, you know, when you're, when you're piloting things, it's not, not that things are bad. It's just think there could be room for improvement or maybe not. You know, so you got to try little tweaks, you know, and on a, on, a, on a smaller system like that, you can do that. Mm-hmm. With a 50 barrel brew house, by the time you hit that baby, she's got to be dialed in. Right. You know? yeah, right. So yeah. that, that has proven to be one of the best playgrounds that we've ever implemented. And it puts us, you know, for that, that puts us on the same playground as a lot of these other small breweries that are grabbing a lot of attention, you know. So, yeah, we're cranking through beers constantly on the 50-barrel brew house, but now we're going to pilot all these things. And, you know, I think right now we probably have seven different experimental beers on our, on our 24 draft lines, you know. So yeah. just constantly trying to crank out new stuff and, and yeah. see what we like, you know. And the biggest thing is what do we like, sure. you yeah. know, because mm-hmm. we're not going to release a beer that we don't like, you yeah. know. I mean, How my, much feedback
1: so, do you take when you evaluate that? Do you look at customers walking in?
3: I'll, I'll be honest with you. We look at everything. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, you take it with a grain of salt, you know, because you always got the guy who says, well, I, I hate Pilsner's, but this one's a good representation, 2.5, you know? Yeah. I
2: mean, oh, yeah. When you read the online reviews, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, man.
3: Yeah, don't, don't uh, yeah. It, yeah you got to stay. With, no, you no. I got to stay I off stop that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I stopped reading that stuff. But oh, do, we, yeah.
2: do
0: we ignore them? No. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. I mean, um, it, it, it is good feedback. yeah.
0: And I spend a lot of time in the market now. That's my main role here. So when I'm out there, I'm directly engaged with customers, with bar owners, with liquor store owners. I'm looking at, every time I go into a store, I'm looking at what's moving for you, what's moving for you from us, what's moving for you from other people, what's the sure. price points at. Um, if there's something new that comes out, I'm usually one of the first ones to see it. Yeah. Um, you know, and I bring that feedback back and we work with it. I mean... Um, you know we just had a talk last week we're watching crew drive you know it's a brand new season though we've never made a pilsner before and it's a brooded pilsner mm-hmm. um and we're i'm seeing the sales of it and i'm like man this is, this is a fucking awesome beer this is <laughs> this is a beer that i think should go into our year-round portfolio and that's a discussion now like but that's okay, like the next well, step right if it goes into yeah. that what comes out because you can't just keep throwing new shit right. into portfolio. In you have to take yeah. something out sure and that's not an easy decision to make you know and it's Especially for a first year beer, right? You know, so yeah. it's like, okay, so do we and, let this one go yeah. and then come back at it again next year, and then is the magic lost by the time you hit that? Or do you, you know those are yeah? You not have to not the easy back up again? Make. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's and, difficult. And the problem is
3: that these days, if we're going to kill a brand, one of those brands is probably twenty one years old.
0: Oh, one hundred percent. I know exactly. Wow. What yeah. it would be exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. You know? you know, and I love that do beer. You, so, do you want to kill oh, a twenty one year
3: old brand and gamble? You know, yeah. that's something that's been around and
4: for two months. Sure, yeah, yeah. and you're going to have fans that are of, of that brand, Absolutely. and they're going to be like, some of what that
0: sales is just that it's new.
1: Yeah.
0: Some there- of it is that it's new. It's a little early still to see what your true velocity is. You kind of need right. some history of sales to see. Do
1: that. any so, stick out to you over the years that have really um, either succeeded that you didn't think would succeed or even failed that you thought were fantastic beers but just didn't get that traction?
0: this year the beer that i knew would be popular but i didn't think it would be as huge as it was as it was was the mango milkshake Uh, when we came out with mango milkshake i knew it would be popular but i didn't think it would be popular to the point of liquor stores doling it out one can at a time (laughs) 12 ounce cans because we don't do 16 to the market so rather than selling it as a six pack liquor stores were selling it as one can per customer and selling out in 20 minutes <laughs> wow, I was not expecting that type of reaction. Were they marketing it up? Um, yeah, we don't have any controllers. It's actually yeah. against the law for us to have any say in that. So interesting. Yeah,
3: yeah. we we set wholesale rates, sure, and then, and then after that, we have to our distributor.
0: Control. Our distributor then
3: distributes to retailers. We have no controller input on that. Is that state or federal?
0: Uh well, both. Frankly, yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's some yeah we. We have a suggested price to retailer, okay, uh, but the wholesalers do not have to comply by that. Gotcha. Oh. Hmm. That's true for every brand. Dango milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, but you know, in terms of an older brand, that it's one of my favorite beers that we've ever made is Oktoberfest. I mean, it seems like every brand, every every brewery that makes one, it's usually their best selling seasonal. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Uh, but for us, it's it's huge. You know, it's a, we make. A lot of Oktoberfest every year, and we sell out every year. Um, so that's one example of an older brand that I knew would always stick around, but I didn't think it would grow to the level it's at now.
3: And, and in the same respect, you have brands that die. You yep, know? Um, sure. I mean, it's brands that are, you know, like the brown ale is a perfect example, or the Hefe you know? Yeah. Like Whitewater Hefe Weizen was, was our true German Hefe. You know, that we started brewing, oh, early ninety. it was released right when I started. So it would have been mid-98. And that beer was fantastic. Sold really well. But as craft beer developed, yeah, Hefe Weizen's just started to Nobody tank. wants a Weizen. Yeah.
0: Like if you put out a Weizen or, to his point, a brown ale. Yeah. I love the brown ale. We call it Junktown Brown because yeah. we were in Junction City. It's a great name. Awesome. It's a great name. Nutty and malty, and what a great beer that was! <laughs> but now, like, it's like pulling. It would be like pulling teeth trying to sell a brown ale right now. Oh yeah,
4: no, yeah. nobody wants it. There's, you know? Yeah, there's there's no uh, panache to yep. it, to a brown ale. Yep. It's just no. It's just an It's just an old brown standard ale. now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I feel I like we might be coming back <coughs> to some of it, like the colch. Like five years ago, you wouldn't be able to sell colch. You know. Now I think we're starting to come back a little bit on some of that stuff, but. Yeah. But at the same time, someone's going to put. I don't know, fucking fruity pebbles in a cold show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> fruity <laughs> <Pretty> cold. <laughs> don't, don't, hold,
0: don't say, say it. Yeah, they're going to do something. Otherwise,
2: I'm going to come back on Monday. I know.
5: know. <laughs> well, know I'm going to start piloting. I'm going <laughs> to see a, a <laughs> Captain Crunch beer <a laughs> from Tinker Water. You, you Crunch, <laughs> Crunch Coles? I would love to think it. I think Crunch Coles. Captain
1: Crunch is his favorite cereal. So if it happens, we'll drive here on a Monday i get it. <laughs> Some,
3: something to understand, I think, too, though, is that, you know, when, when we, when us older breweries, you know, that are two, three decades old, yeah. when we all started, you know, the brewing, traditional brewing heritage for craft breweries was really coming from Europe, yep, sure. you know. And a lot of people that would tend, you know, tend to lean towards newer craft beer that was coming about, you heard it all the time. When I was stationed in Europe, when I was stationed in Germany, mm. these are the beers we drank. And so that was what really kind of you were able to launch your, your beers based on people who had been stationed in Germany and, sure. and talked about these stories. I mean, we chased German, or European breweries for, for years to begin with because that's what craft beer was, you know. As America or the United States took off with craft brew, it's become something totally different. We've seen a reverse in trends where yeah. Europe is now chasing the U.S. like, crazy exactly. yeah. You know, it's you know yep. i was at a beer fest in belgium in, in late november and i couldn't believe how many ha- hazy ipas were being brewed yeah. and how many barrel-aged stouts were being brewed it was just like you got to be kidding me <laughs> yeah. and your traditional sou- like we we're our booth was surrounded on either side by traditional sour brewers they were dead yeah. really like no line at all wow. when we went to tap black gold the line was so big the brewer next to us said what the hell are you guys tapping? <laughs> uh, sorry, what it's a real the... big, you know, really big barrel-aged stout. And yeah. Like, we're gonna go get lunch.
2: And they just left.
3: And here we are in Belgium. Like, how do these people even know who we are? Yeah, right. You know, like. Yeah. 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 And you know
0: what's what's cool? Like the cool part about being an older brewery, you know, it has its challenges. Um, in that. As an old brewery, it's easy to become old and in the way, and so hence the new beers every month, the piloting beers to stay sure. engaged, to stay interesting, but some of the things that, that happens for us that's really cool is when you meet somebody that's a huge fan of our brand, they're in their early 20s, and they're a second generation drinker, Yeah,
2: that's because
0: awesome. the only beer they ever remember having in the fridge was Sancho Waters when they grew up. Wow. <laughs> And that happens. Mom and dad had it, Because yeah. mom and dad drank central waters from yeah, day one, yeah. and now they're second-generation central that's, waters that's drinkers. That's awesome. That's like you our know?
5: generation with Peps. Totally. Uh, that's what I drew. I yeah. Yeah, it was, was, was
0: Pabst. old style. My dad drank taps. Yeah. That's, you know, he would tell me to go pour him a beer, and I could drink the foam because foam didn't have alcohol. That's what he would tell me. <laughs> I now know, no differently, but I would pour that beer so hard, have a giant yeah, right. head on it,
2: and
0: all the way back, you know.
3: Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, but back then, I mean, you'd land a tap line at a bar. You'd have it for years. Oh yeah, there was yeah. no variation. Like you, could, you could build you a business plan off a of landing tap line. Yeah, because yeah. you would have to. They offend went the take.
0: owner of that bar uh-huh.
2: drastically for them yeah. to change of mm. tap line. Like, yeah. yeah.
3: Oh yeah. It, you know, same thing. You know, when there wasn't all this craft out there, you got a guy drinking mud puppy porter. That's all he drank. You know. And yeah. so, by the way, so I had one kid- of those last night. <laughs> 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 you know, so kids are now being brought up where our beers in their it was in their dad's fridge growing yeah. up. You know, it's. Holy shit, we're getting old. Yeah. <laughs> Truth. No. No. So
5: now barrel aging. When did this become part of the brewery starting to do barrel aging beers and stuff like that? How'd you guys Sh- jump after, into
3: that? Shortly after I took over the brewery. Right. So yep. And did Anello you,
4: was. Did you see at, this as a as a something of a trend early on? No, no, no,
2: no. Okay. no, no. This
0: was two thousand one. Yeah, two thousand one.
3: Yeah. And. Remember pre-internet, so sure. you know it's not like we could look, you know, how to barrel age a beer, or you know, mm-hmm. AOL. You didn't getting even like a picture
1: yeah. coming down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> bing,
3: bing, we know bing, we know now like <laughs> twenty minutes. Yeah. We know now like Goose Island was do, you know was barrel aging already. Yeah. yeah sure. But yeah. at that time, we'd never heard of Goose Island yeah. or knew that they were barrel aging. You know, so and we,
0: founders was too. But again, we yeah. didn't. We didn't. All of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, what was the muse then for you? Why did you feel the desire to get <laughs> into it? Do you remember? I remember. Oh yeah, we, we went. You can't say the name of the brewery because no. that shit was illegal. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> hold on. Now. We can always edit that. <laughs>
0: so
3: we we used to get yeast yeast from a brewery um, down south of here, we'll say, and uh, great pub, you know. Um, but they were cranking through beers, so they always had a lot of excess yeast, and we couldn't afford to order yeast from a laboratory and and do it like we should have, but. So we go down to go down to their place, uh, you know, one or two times a month, and, and get a yeast harvest and bring it up and pitch it in our beers. And,
4: I'll take the tangerine.
3: Um, we got down there the one time, and Nello had actually gone with me that time to to get the yeast harvest, and we're we're sitting there, and they're like, "Oh, you got to try this beer." Refills. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> beer run. No problem. <laughs> I love that tangerine.
1: I cool. Thank you.
3: So we we get down we we get the yeast pitch and uh, we're, we're sitting there talking and he goes you gotta tr-. The, their head brewer is like you gotta try this beer so he pours us a sample out of the tank and big stout we're trying it we're like well, what is it and he goes I got a hold of a Jim Beam barrel and so I chopped uh, it up and I threw it into the fermenter uh, really it was like, just like a, doing the wood chip yeah right just here. a wood yeah, chip yeah, yeah exactly for a small idea. batch yep. that's what we were talking yep. about doing yeah you know this is back before you could buy barrel aged wood chips you know sure, right. so um, we're trying it and it's like wow that's not bad he goes yeah we didn't really get any flavor off of it so we just dumped a bunch of Jim Beam into it <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: but it had picked up enough of that that you know the uh, bourbon flavor that it was just you know and Ella and I are looking at each other like again we can do better than this you know like take this idea and do better we can, what if what if we reverse that idea of instead of I mean, and literally, we had never heard of somebody doing this with beer. We didn't know if it would work, but rather than throwing the barrel into the into the beer, throw the beer into the barrel. Sure. And right. so, you know, we, we hooked up with a my old our old supplier who isn't in the business anymore. Crazy guy, um, awesome guy.
5: Is he in prison or?
3: No, he's he's kind of finally. Could be. Yeah. Awesome. No. <laughs> Our old supplier was was great. He was he's able to hook us up originally with three oak barrels. And it was just like, all right, let's let's do this. Drove down to Madison. Um, We had an intern at that time, Billy, who came who went down there with me with his truck and we drove him back. And six months later, we tried this the stout that we had done and it was Amazing chips injury. in your mouth you know like <laughs> yeah, you know, I right? mean, just because there's so much charcoal in a sure. barrel you know and, like, yeah. and we're even sampling like people are stopping by the brewery like you gotta try this like we we're blowing our own socks off you know like
2: yeah. And, yeah
3: and from there it just took off you know like three bar- started with three barrels went to you know, probably six the next year now remember no forklift no loading dock <laughs> no like, money no money, you yeah. know. Control um, temperature.
0: Aging oh, dude, no! <laughs> this was this was in like the front garage area. That yeah. would get like super hot in the summer, and the barrels would freeze in the winter.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. It was. We we had very little control over what we were doing, you know. <laughs> but the flavors coming out of this were like nothing else you've ever tried, right. you know. Yeah. So I think by the time we moved out of Junction City in the winter of 2006 yeah. and seven. We had probably eighteen or twenty barrels in the
0: program. Sounds about right. I remember when we moved the barrels to this building, they were frozen. Yeah. They'd froze that year. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so And then Which, even even when we first did Burn Barrel Cherry Stout, I remember when we did that we piloted out a few different ways and landed on this the the actual fruit measure of it. Do you remember that first year realizing that we shouldn't have put a hard bung in the and the barrel and you could see them swelling you could see the barrels swelling from like fermentation and we would like draw on straws to see who had to go drill a hole in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to relieve the pressure because um, this is drive. it is okay, yeah that one's me you wanted
2: a, a to yeah so it,
0: it just went
3: you know like I said it started with three barrels we built a lot of relationships with, with uh, suppliers and distilleries and um, able to get top-notch barrels um some real kind of high-end barrels Have really ran most of our program uh the whole time but you know like i said 30 something when we left junction city but once we moved here it was like all right here we go we jumped up to 100 yeah i think 100 120 within the first year and a half which was just big enough to lose a barrel here and there you know where it's we brewed this much bourbon stout. Well, this year we're going to try bourbon barley wine. Mm -hmm. Okay. But we got a half rack. So we put one bourbon stout on it and six months later, you put a bourbon barley wine on it. And you know, I mean, software was QuickBooks back then, you know, (laughs) so there was no inventory, you know, and, and
0: uh T B is listening, we were keeping physical inventory. Yes,
3: please. physical, physical inventory, inventory all the time. Of Statue of limitations, yeah. Statue please. Limitations. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> Three years ago.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, but yeah, we'd lost a barrel. So up until that point, we were doing all six month aging. You know, so it was we were getting these great flavors off these barrels with six months of aging. And when we got big enough, we lost one of those barrels and we pulled when we went to pull all the bourbon barley wine out to package it up, there was a now a year-old bourbon barrel stout on that rack, and we tried it, and it was just like,
0: so much better.
3: Yeah, this is a totally different product. Yeah, and so, so immediately our entire program changed. We said everything goes to one year minimum. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Oh, wow. yep. So and that's really how it happened. One got left behind. One lost like, barrel. Damn, this is well, you got to remember back then though yeah, we were boom. so we were so cash-strapped and so poor that you couldn't. That you need ex- to sell it all. tying up that yeah. cash for another yeah. six months yeah. is yeah. like a financial struggle. Absolutely. You know, even now, like the years that we've added on to the barrel aging facility, trying to cash flow that is almost impossible. Yeah. I mean, because you got a lot of money, you got to pay for those barrels and all the ingredients and the and uh, uh, racks and all that up front
2: mm-hmm.
3: and then some of those you don't see you know some of those aren't turning cash for you right. for three years of aging yeah. right. so now you're taking all the money you have and tying it up in a program that you won't see money back out of you know compared to a stainless steel fermenter where okay we buy this $40,000 fermenter well you're turning beer out of it every two weeks mm-hmm. right. you know so now you're making money a lot faster so it was really kind of redesigning or cash flowing a different style of business you know. yeah, more, more like a winemaker than a, than a brewery.
0: Right. And, and the jump- scariest part about it, though, is I think, you know, if we're talking, okay, I'm going to age something for three years, think about the trends in beer were three years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so you're, you're tying your cash and your efforts up into a product that I may mean, not be popular, may be not be popular when it comes out, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a
4: hard part. So jumping ahead to today's Barrel Age program, where you're at. I believe that did I read correctly that you guys have the second largest inventory of barrels of any craft brewer. Other and Founders would be
3: the first. Um, Go- Goose it, would be first. Oh, Goose is first. Okay. Yep, I Founders. think
0: Founders might be first now. Uh, Goose I don't is, know where Goose is at now, but I, I thought was just, Founders was at like twenty. If they only count. had a device, oh,
3: maybe, maybe they are. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I've read there somewhere on the like internet. I've, something I've, I've heard, heard something about the World Wide Web yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> we can get rampant information. I, I have no idea how to use it though. So, well,
4: my point is. You guys have a massive yes. barrel inventory. You yeah. so guys are huge. I'm, you guys are y- huge. yeah huge, huge, huge. In, in relation
3: to Goose or Founders, we're significantly smaller. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're four times Wide the size of us. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I heard Goose is going to be up to about twenty four thousand barrels this year. Uh, they have a, they just doubled the size of their warehouse, so they're three hundred thousand square feet. They did, you, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so,
5: they, you own know that, the, they own that whole section by the United Center at this point, right, for barrels. Like
3: essentially. <laughs> I, I, you know, what I like to remind people is that we are probably <clears throat> the largest independently owned barrel aging facility in mm-hmm. the right. nation. That's So that's it's, the there's good, a big that's difference. You know, that would be a when, good way to put Budweiser's it. When Budweiser's your daddy, your, your pockets are a little bit deeper well, sure. than Paul Graham and Enella Malica's. For sure. so, <laughs> right. so and, and, well, you're just, and people,
1: Founder's got a sugar daddy, too. So Yeah, yeah. exactly.
3: And so, you know, as far as being independently owned, we are probably one of the biggest. We're right around five thousand barrels right now, so it's um, that's impressive. Yeah, so we I mean we have forty thousand square feet lot. of barrel aging. So our barrel aging mm-hmm. alone is twice as big as our brewery. You know, it's a wow. it's a gigantic space um, that ties up a lot of capital for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um,
5: but it tastes worth it. I mean, it's, they're delicious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and they're... <laughs> Every one of the barrel-aged beers water. out of it. Well, out and, you, guys, amazing. you
3: know, the, the tough part about the barrel-aging program, especially, you know, going back to Anello and talking about trends and, and uh, developing new styles, is some of these beers to take from concept or idea to actual full-blown market release can take five years. Yeah. You know, so you can start working on a beer right now that we're going to pilot, age, tweak... Brew again, age again, maybe tweak again. You know, oh. I mean, so.
5: Now, do you pilot the barrel do you I like give a smaller.
3: That's why we want a seven barrel. Yeah. <laughs> so
5: yeah. think, yeah. Yeah. Do you barrel age them have smaller barrels? That you can barrel something for you know a smaller barrel, a smaller barrel changes or? the aging time and the characteristic of okay. the yeah. beer. We really, we
3: really so don't use anything but fifty three gallon. Yeah.
1: Has it become difficult or more expensive to acquire the barrels that you want to use? Has that become now more that's gotten, competitive? So much more
5: popular.
2: Well, you're better. At
3: we that hit, we hit we hit a rough spot for a little while, just like everybody did. Yeah, um, but about a year and a half time period where barrels were really tight. Um, if I had to, I mean, if I had to guess what was going on, this was back in the days when uh, craft or uh, high end bourbon was really taking off, and distillers hadn't planned on that growth. You know, because they have short, they yeah. have an equation that they've used for. Decades and decades of we're going to see this kind of growth. Mm -hmm. And so with a 12 year old, we're going to plan on this kind of growth year after year after year. Well, you go from, you know, we're planning on 8% growth on this style at 12 years old to all of a sudden we need a shit ton more. What do you do? You keep more bourbon in the barrels longer right. yeah. so now there's a shortage yeah and bourbon you know bourbon distillers just supply everybody not just craft beer right so right. all the rum brandy whiskey uh scotch i mean basically any any barrel aged spirit is now you know is out of an ex-bourbon barrel you yeah. know so have it you wasn't just done a, a partnership
1: where you specifically marketed that partnership with the beer?
3: Most of those big boys aren't interested.
1: Yeah, really? yeah. yeah. We've yeah.
0: entertained it a couple times over the years, but um, nothing's ever fully developed out. And uh, yeah, no, it's never really. Yeah, come we, up that we way. had some, we had
3: some meetings with Brown Foreman a while back, which is Jim Beam. Yeah, and it was like, well, maybe I mean, maybe we'd use your barrels. Didn't, you know, they, but didn't they do
5: one with Anheuser recently? Bush. The, yeah, was yeah, there yeah. a Budweiser a Jim Beam one? Yeah
3: but you start Sorry, looking <laughs> you start looking through it and we had stipulations that had to be applied sure. for for it to work in our barrel program yeah. you wow. know and they so. had stipulations for us to use their name and it was just like nah.
2: yeah.
3: if you guys i mean you're not willing to do what we want to do you know i mean granted you're huge but we're not going to sacrifice the quality of our barrel aging program just to use your name right. you know yeah so, to throw on yeah. our
0: label especially back then you know when we were you know, we were only making so much of this stuff, all that we could afford to make, and it was all selling out immediately because there was no other barrel aged players readily available in this market except mm-hmm. for us. They're like, Yeah, you're gonna put our label on your labels. Like, I don't no offense, but I don't need that. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean I, yeah. that's only helping you. That's not doing anything for me. Yeah. And, yeah. and the
3: only reason we were entertaining that idea back then was because of the shortage in barrels. Uh, and it was uh well, maybe this is our line, you so know, the if these guys are willing to bend they what they yeah. do and not rinse barrels and not, you know, like get into to us fresh, wet, and unrinsed, you know, maybe we could make this work, you know, and they have some select series as well that aren't mass produced, you know, what, can we get our hands on that, you know? And the relationship just didn't pan out, you know, so, but that was really why we were entertaining the idea was the inability to get barrels. What about uh, this question? I'm asking. I have no
4: idea because where this question is going to go because I don't have any idea how it works. But local uh, uh, craft distilleries have like some sort of like Wisconsin-specific uh, bourbon barrel-aged program with you know yep. a Milwaukee craft distiller or yep. Hatch up and well Hatch is too new to have. Bourbon, but it would be ready. But yeah, but, but I
1: mean, but that kind of idea, a yeah. craft distillery, <coughs> Wisconsin craft distillery, yes. we, is that we, gone we around? Maybe a small
3: batch, exactly. Yeah, and right. and that's maybe that's kind of us trying here. to shift gears yeah. a little bit too. Is might not you know, for it. us, it's like, well, we only buy barrels by the truckload, right? So two hundred eighty-eight a crack, you know, and, right. and now you got these, you know, six 15 fifteen-gallon barrels you want to sell me, like. How, right. what, how do I even fill these? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. So, there's so just wouldn't work scale, really on a you know? scale. Yeah. But, yeah. We've had you know, some talks with some of the ones yep. in, in state. But, we've worked know. with Great Northern Distilling out of Plover. Yeah. Uh, we've we got some stuff uh, piloting in their stuff right now. You know. Yeah. But for us, it's it's tough um, because of the hype that become you know has come behind some of this brand. Like, what do you do with forty five gallons of beer and not piss everybody off? Right. Right. You know, yeah, like right. to distribute. how do you how do you do, you can't distribute forty five gallons of beer. You can't do a brewery release because nobody's going to get tickets, and right. the and the thirty six people who do, you know, every other thousand, you know, couple yeah, thousand gonna people are just going to be angry. People. People angry you fans know, like pissed. so it, it, it's it's yeah. kind of a catch twenty two. Like you know, so yeah, you know, so we'll, you we'll throw it have on tap. To
4: deal with the big, the big boys in the in the distilling I th- world. I
3: think you know for now. It should, you know we're playing around with it you know uh, we got a barley wine that's aging in brandy barrels from from Great Northern you know Ooh, uh, yeah. that that'll be coming out pretty quick but it's just going to be how quick yeah, yeah. <laughs> can <we get laughs> some I can yeah. wait <laughs> it's just going to go on draft here in the tap room though. <laughs> okay. you know so no, I if, can wait if you're yeah. coming to visit it'll be on on draft you know yeah. so but yeah it's tough you know like how, how do you keep you know, well you can't keep everybody happy but how do you try to? Yeah. You know, and 45 yeah. gallons of beer or three little oak barrels, you can't keep people happy with that. Yeah. You know? I, I, I'm a
1: huge barrel-age fan. I mean, that's like my sweet spot. Uh, I see session people. session beers start at about 13%. Yeah. <laughs> I, listen, I'm all for a good session, sessionable beer. I get it. I do. I do. But I see people talk about NA beer. I see people talk about, well, we've yeah. all got to put out our own, you know, low ABV beer that people are going to drink. Yeah. People are going to drink every night. Uh do you guys, you know, talking to experts, like where is the future of barrel age? Do, do you do you worry, is, is it just going to be something that puts, like, a, a, you know, a brewery's name on the map, and it's a yearly event, but the the actual purchasing it year round is going to decrease? I
4: feel you like know, you're
0: asking this question out of fear. I am. <laughs> I'm scared. I am. <laughs> you know what would be an interesting metric to see? I don't know if I've ever seen it, uh, but would be overall consumption of barrel aged beer. Has it increased or decreased, you know, across the industry? I don't think look. it has decreased. I think it's it's no doubt it is harder to sell a barrel aged beer now than it was three years ago. Really? Two years ago. Um mm-hmm. And I think part of that is just because there's more players in the market. And true. so people have more choices. Um, and now you also have the advent of four packs of 16-ounce Captain Crunch Kulsh's uh, <laughs> that are, <laughs> that are uh, you know, 20 bucks. Yeah. And a beer consumer is only going to spend $20 on four cans or bottles of beer yeah. so many times, like, budgetarily-wise, right? So it's true. you have a guy going like, Um, Well, you know, normally I'd buy one of those barrel-aged beers, but I want to get that four-pack New England IPA at the same price, so I'm going to spend my $20 on that, and and then you also just have more choices, so for the individual brewer that's making barrel-aged beers, you might have have five years ago that customer bought a a case of your barrel-aged beer, now they're buying one four-pack because they're buying six or five other four-packs from five other brewers, and so... The scale of that and the economies of that make it a little bit difficult for brewers to budget and plan and figure out how much to make. So there's challenges in the market for barrel beer. Yes, is it going to go away? No, I don't think it's going away. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I feel it's better. just, that's, it's the, just, that's yeah. what he was looking for. It's yeah, just I, a I, lot more challenging idea. now <laughs> than I'm it done, was. Guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot more challenging than it was.
1: Well, that, that's a great point. I mean, choice. And I'm definitely the person that's guilty of. Um, I want to always try something I haven't had before but I still have a finite budget. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I definitely... that. Now, that being said, there are brands that are my favorites, and anytime I see them, I'm going to get them. Yeah. Um, and Central Lawyers would be one.
3: Well, so. and if, you know, thank you. I think it's like a no said, though. You know, the, the guys who five years ago would buy... Eight cases of bourbon barrel stout. Right. And that's what they last drink all year long. Year. Yeah. That's yeah. like, all I drink and I drink it all year long. They don't exist anymore. Yeah. yeah.
2: No. You know, Also, so. you
0: can buy a barrel edged beer year round from anybody these days, right? Yeah. And, and back then we released right. bourbon barrel stout one time a year and it was like, shit, I got to buy enough to last me until next November. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's what people did. And now that's just not necessary. Yeah. Because there's other people making, you know, other ones. And that's the biggest difference between a craft beer drinker and a, domestic beer drinker to me is that domestic beer drinkers tend to be pretty brand loyal. Mm-hmm. Even bars are very brand loyal. You know, you'll go into oh, a sure. bar that's a Miller bar or yeah. a Bud bar, yep. and they don't carry the other product, and the same goes true for those drinkers. In craft, that level of brand loyalty just does not exist. You know, you might have some style loyal people, but within that style, they're going to try everybody's. Yeah. You know? And,
3: and everybody's got their own ranking of breweries. You know, like, this is my yeah. favorite, you know, but that that doesn't mean that they're not trying. Everybody else that they can that has a new hot item on the market. Yeah, you
1: know? yeah. But see, I get snobby when I shop. You know, if I go into like a <laughs> Don't bar we know
4: our or system? we you know, created this monster. I know. Right? Yeah, but <laughs> we're, we're a <all laughs> store. I know. But you have to understand something.
0: We are all all five of us. We're older. Yeah. Yeah. We're not the new generation of drinkers. Right. Yeah. Like, right. I totally agree. Like it's the new generation of drinkers that are forcing this trend on sure. the entire industry. So
5: so. Let's talk about the new generation of drinker because we've we've been hearing a lot about uh, this new generation of drinker, and he's going to get upset. Let him cry in the corner. Ignore him like you do a toddler. It's fine. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> you know, the, we keep hearing uh, na
0: beers, low ABV, low ABV. Yeah, um, the health st- focus, health focus yes, beers. Health focus. Um, I didn't say this earlier because it's not why we made it, but Crew Drive, 130 calories and two grams of carbs per can. Had we known that shit before we made the label, I would have put it right on the label. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dogfish. Oh, yeah. that's dogfish what the Dogfish does. The right Dogfish the head has, has the yep. calories and carbs
5: yeah. all over the label. And it, it got my yeah. wife. She That's why she bought it. She, yeah, saw, the, she saw the carbs and calories, you know.
3: Yeah. Um, uh, it, I'll tell you this. Half of our staff switched over to drink and crew drive all the time. Yeah. Because yeah, of yeah, that. really. Yeah. Because... A lot of us are health more, conscious, you know. Like calorie. we're getting older, like, and yeah, you know, we're getting older. Metabolism. To watch some of that stuff. I'm going to going the, the other metabolism. <laughs> <laughs> so, what
5: do you <laughs> going downhill? How do you see that trend? Well, do I mean, okay, so you see is, that trend getting bigger, or do you I think, think it's
0: gonna? I do see that trend getting getting bigger. Okay. So, um, you know, I mean, I don't know how much weight you put behind like what you see on the current stats, and but I think they're calling the new generation Z. Right? Generation mm-hmm. Z is yeah. the ones that are I like coming that to drinking age right now. It is the lowest percentage of, of of people that are consuming ethanol since they've been tracking that. So there's a huh. lot more people looking for NA and low ABV beers. We were at the Craft brews Conference out in Denver a couple months back, a yeah. month back, whatever that was. And uh, I attended a seminar where they were talking about how AB has stated they intend... Uh, by like 2022 to have like 30% of their of their entire portfolio be low low ABV or NA. Wow. And it's currently at 10. Wow. So tripling the amount of lower alcohol and non-alcoholic beverages in a yeah. short amount of time to You're cater easy. to the new generation of drinkers that are looking for more health-focused products, low ABV products, and NA products. So now, take that back full circle to a brewery that's been around for 21 years. Do you, I mean, what would you do? Do you ignore that? Or do you plan? Probably not. You can't. It's almost like you can't ignore that. You right. know, if, like, the way that Paul and I have always talked about this. I mean, we're not going to stop doing what we do, right? But right. do you add them to your portfolio? Because one of the ethoses that we've always had here is we are running Central Waters to outlive ourselves. That's, sure. yeah. that's the idea, yeah. right? Sure. It's like, you know, yeah. Paul and thinking. I go away, and this place is still here.
2: Yeah. And yeah.
0: other people have taken the help. And so to th- when you think about running your business that way, it's not about right now. It's like, okay, what's coming in the future? And if we want to be a viable business, then you have to change. Like, you have to. You have yeah. to do new things.
3: And, and you know, that's, I think that's the biggest problem is that current beer drinkers don't realize that over a 21-year period, the amount of changes and morphs that this brewery has had. Yeah. You know, I mean, are we trend chasers? Not really. Are we strategically diversifying? absolutely you know I mean, yeah. so to ever say that we're not going to brew a certain yeah, style of yeah, beer yeah
0: yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah yeah, i know i'm famous for that one <laughs> <laughs> which style was that this was the last i told you we the last podcast i did where i couldn't stop cussing on it when i oh. heard it back again right um in that podcast they were asking like so are you guys gonna do canning ever and we didn't have a canning line i was like yeah i don't know i don't really see us doing that like what about the new england style ipa and i was like Fuck that So, <laughs> <laughs> we're, never, we're never doing that. It was not It was like... I, j- I just drank n- one. It was <laughs> really <like> good. <laughs> nine months later, we had a canning line. The first beer in the canning line was a New England IPA.
2: <laughs>
0: and so the joke around the brewery was we were going to call that beer Anello Eats Crow. <laughs> um, I really wanted to name it great. Anello I Eats think, Crow. I think that Crow Eater would have been a great name for that beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What did you name it? Unsettled. Okay. Which I couldn't believe was not taken for a New England IPA, Unsettled. Yeah. And so, yeah. This, so we're doing a, a couple name. plays on that, on that name. So that beer comes out this year every three months. We release cans of that. Um, in December, we're doing a double New England, and we're calling that one Extremely Unsettled. Ooh. Ooh, We
3: will look out for that one.
0: Extremely.
5: So is there an NA in the plans? Being discussed, being thought about, or no. any beers
3: are actually a lot more difficult to do. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. because of the fact that um, I hear a no coming. <laughs>
4: No, no. I'm not saying that. <laughs> There's your You're no, saying but not no. Were you just we're paying not, attention what to the
3: story? What I'm, <laughs> yeah. what I'm what I was, saying I was is hoping is, against hope. Yeah. What, I'm, what I'm saying is is that we're not set up to do an beers.
0: Very, yeah. very few breweries are set up to do an NA yep. beer. Yeah. yeah. Most at least of the legally, beers. Yeah. You know. Most and at, of the and at our scale, we're worried about the legalities. <laughs> yeah. You know? Most of the NA safety. beers you're seeing are getting brewed by a contract brewer that has the capabilities because there are certain pasteurization levels you have to hit. Okay. On that, because you're dealing with something that doesn't have alcohol content in it, and so now you're you essentially have a canned food product or a bottled food product um, that can you're be. You're concerned about pathogens. Like yeah. serious pathogens, ones that could kill people. Yeah. Well, that's serious. So, it, it, <laughs> so yeah. yeah,
3: exactly. You know, things that we don't have to worry about in the brewing industry. Well, now you're producing something that you do have to worry about. Right. You know, so now you're now you're a true food manufacturer that has to look at other ways of sterilization. No, 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 no. And, mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Alcohol and CO2 are a great thing when it comes to pathogens. Yep. <laughs>
0: yeah. So. But, like Bill said, never say never. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. But Who certainly, knows? you know, I mean, when you start looking at... You know, when we're doing, like, R&D stuff, I mean, there's going to be products coming out in the future from Central Waters that people will go, no shit. Really? You know, I'm sure that's going to happen. I mean, it happened this year when we came out with Unsettled and we came out with Tangerine. We heard from, like, other brewers, like, the newer brewers that were, like, what the fuck man that's what we're doing like uh, <laughs> yeah. you're a 21 year old brewery what are you doing yeah, yeah what are you doing, doing stepping into our
3: market <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like well,
3: they actually feel like it, they man. have a part
4: of the market because they're new and trendy I, I
3: think they're just surprised to see people a brewery this scale yeah
0: people were surprised to okay. see us jump into that realm because we were kind of viewed and that's what I was saying like we were viewed as like okay you're a two decade old brewery mm-hmm. you don't do shit like that you interesting. Know, I mean,
3: you're known for barrel aging.
0: Yeah. Well, niche. I mean, you are, I but never, I
4: mean, I just I never would have.
0: There is definitely I, I, I
4: never would have put that together. Yeah. That, I
0: mean, I heard some rumblings. There's there's definitely a couple that you know the gist I got was kind of like stay in your lane, man. Like that sort of <laughs> that sort of idea. You know, it's stay like in your lane, bro. Hey, hey, we're doing <laughs> no. it too. You know, no. we do it. We're we have to stay engaged. We have to stay interesting. We have well, to course. stay up to date.
3: Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. we got I mean
0: we got a lot of batches of beer under
3: our belt. You know, like we know a lot about what we do and and how our systems work you know like that's pretty advantageous if you ask me oh, you like so it's it's
4: it would th- seem weird to me if you walked into a, a tap room like this and weren't able to find some sort of something trendy like a tangerine IPA sure. yeah, yeah. yeah you know yeah. this place is is awesome i mean it's it's got a really really nice feel so to walk into a place like this and all you have is a you know, a pilsner and maybe a Brute pilsner, which you have, I know, but and then some barrel-aged beers would be like, eh. yeah, yeah. It doesn't or really just, doesn't really fit classic the
3: traditional pale ale. Yeah, you know, I mean,
5: well, you also can't bring your non-craft beer friends over here. You nah, know, you can't. You know, you know, they they want to see something. <laughs> <laughs> no, they well, want to they want to <laughs> see they want to get something. You know, yep, that. Easier to introduce them to, so to speak. You know, yeah, what I mean, absolutely and throwing them right into a thirteen percent barrel-aged beer, and, and a lot of them would be like, "What the those?" F- no,
3: you know, around. from a business standpoint, those are the people we can't forget about, right? You know, because yeah. we got to transition those people. You, you know, As them. as ethanol as ethanol consumption starts to decrease, you know, whether it's spirits, wine, or beer, yeah. as that consumption starts to decrease, we need to get people on to craft beer. Just to see growth in our in our, our entire industry. Yeah. That you starts know?
4: happening. We just need to ramp up our game. Yeah. I mean, we'll
3: just <laughs> pick up the slack. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. But that this you, guy can do it. I, I know. mean, how how do you transition those people? You put a colch in front of them. Yeah. Right. You know, a mm. great easy drinking drive. fruity or crew drive. Yeah. drive yeah. 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 Similar to what they're you know the the main beers they've been drinking forever. You know, I mean. Oh, that's the Bud Light thing drinker. About well, Crew Drive isn't going to be that far from their realm. It just has much more <laughs> yeah, flavor. <laughs> it's gateway you know? drug. So, how do we transition these people over? You know, how do we take it away from the big boys? You right. know? And that's right. beers like that have their place. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, the yeah. more the more people we get on our yeah. side, rises the tide.
5: Well, you know? yeah. And Chad and I have been trying over the uh, part of this year. We've been trying to find. Something to compare it to like a Miller Lite or a Bud Light, right? Because it's, it's in a lot of people's fridges, and it's, but in, our, it's, it's in our refrigerators. It's our but
4: too. It's because for comparison purposes. So if
5: you have a, if find. I can find a craft pilsner or lager, that the consistency's there, the availability's there, yeah, and price is close. <laughs> You're not going to get a craft beer down to you know eight bucks for twelve cans. Usually, it's you know it's going to be much more than that, and. I mean, I haven't had much luck. I haven't
4: either. I mean, we've, you know, we've come close a, a few times with with some different ones, and I know I know we're not going to get anywhere near price wise what you yeah. can buy a, the quality of the,
2: the thirty flavor. pack of
4: Miller Lite for fifteen dollars <laughs> or whatever. You know, that's just not going to happen. I understand that, but I would if we're looking for something that can always be in the refrigerator, like the big boys are typically in refrigerators of millions of Americans. Oh yeah. And, but something that's, that's consistently of the same quality yep. at a decent enough price point. That's, that's been our, our challenge for the last Mainly because we have,
5: we have friends and neighbors who that's all they drink is Coors Light or Miller Lite. But if you hand them an IPA, they're like, that's disgusting. You know, it's too yeah. bitter. It's, it's whatever. It's the same yeah. thing I said when I got my first IPA. I'm like, what the hell did you just give me? Yep. Um, yeah, but that's a way to kind of get them over to the dark side. <laughs> well, yeah. and, you know, that's, I mean, and
3: that's and that's the the hardest part is the price point, yeah. because because his it craft is. beer will never be able to compete. Yeah, right. You know, and those of us it's that
2: economies of scale too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. exactly what Absolutely. it is. You know, those I mean, of us
3: that buy it all the time we totally understand it. But yeah, we get it. Yeah, but so, I mean, you're talking, it, you know, Miller Milwaukee's producing a million barrels a month. Same. You know, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how to think about that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know I don't what that, know, what the that industry. is. Like, right. A million barrels a month. I don't know what that is. You know, <laughs> I mean, I've seen it happen. I know how it works, but that's that's just a crazy. You number. look at the tax records. You're like, that's insane. Yeah, you know, crazy. like how how does a company that's selling a thousand barrels a month even compete with
0: that on a pricing level? Yeah, they you know, oh, just I mean, don't. The yeah. best that we've hit, we launched, you know, we launched cans uh, this year, really, the end of last year. And then just very recently, we started launching 12-pack cans of some of our core brands. So, like, our top two sellers are Mud Puppy, Porter, and Honey Blonde. Honey Blonde, before Crew Drive, was our, like, oh, you're a... Uh, Domestic lager drinker, try Honey Blondes, yep. you know. I don't know what i like. Um, uh, and so, <laughs> right, yeah. yeah so yeah. so we launched 12-pack cans of Mud Puppy and of honey. And on a price point-wise, like, I spent a lot of time paying attention to the market trying to figure out how do we price this so we can still turn a profit on it and be at a good price point at the market. Um, and so the cheapest we've seen now of 12-packs of, like, Honey blonde cans, Woodman's runs it at fourteen ninety nine, which For is For a 12-pack? Two bucks cheaper than I predict it, and so like That's we see really fourteen ninety nine to sixteen yeah. ninety nine on those. A little sixteen ninety nine at like an independent liquor store, which is what we were shooting for, but Woodman's takes like the bare minimum markup. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they're at fourteen ninety nine right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. So it's really not bad at all. Rick, like what are yeah, we
4: drink? Back what did yeah, yeah, before we get too far away so from we were barrel about barrel, barrel
0: aging, and I thought it would be it would be advantageous, especially since Paul was talking about how long it takes to create. Uh, some of these brands. This is our Maple Barrel Stout. This
2: amazing.
0: So this is a brand again that that took a long time to go to market. Um, so we started this. Uh, there was, gosh, this was many many years ago. We were at a local a local event called the Midwest Renewable Energy Fair. So in Custer, there's the MREA that actually starts. takes place the fourth week fourth weekend of this month. Um, it's it's a giant renewable energy association event and oh, hold on a second i'm going to take a picture of that yeah sure and uh this guy comes up talks to us about how he makes you know maple syrup okay um okay,
2: no I, yeah. I
3: got family obligations guys so That's i apologize right. i got a boogie no thank oh, you very okay. much you're stuck with him the rest of the <laughs> podcast here Don't oh boy Don't say we're not gonna do something. I'm not saying shit. (laughs) (laughs) No say, that'll be better, you (laughs) say. Thank you. (laughs) you. Yeah. Paul, very nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you too. Thank you
2: very much, appreciate
3: it. Um grabbing cards. Well you got our email anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. 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 So thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, I gotta scoot out of here. That's all right. That's all right. (laughs) All right. So appreciate it. Thanks, Paul. So uh you want that for a picture?
1: I'll
0: get it in a minute. Go ahead, though. Uh, so this guy comes up. He's t- telling us how he makes syrup. We're t- he's a big fan of the brewery. We're talking to him, and Paul and I pitched him this idea of, like, have you ever considered aging your syrup in bourbon barrels? Because yeah. we have a shitload of bourbon barrels, you know, that we could give you a bourbon barrel, you could age your syrup in it, and you could sell this at a premium markup, you know. Right. He had not considered it before, so we start trawling it out. And it, it took a few years before – we figured it out enough that we could release a product. This is only the second time we've done it over, That uh, had to be six years ago. So, so he takes them, he the takes them from us and so, ages it in the barrels. Right. So we oh. get the barrels in, freshly dumped. Mm-hmm. We give some of them to him. He ages the syrup for a year inside the barrels. This is b trees. Um, and then we get the barrels back after the syrup's been in it. We add some more syrup to the barrel and age a beer in it for a year. And so you pick up the maple notes, you get the sugar content, yeah. oh, you get the, the, the fermentation. Syrup, <laughs> the syrup, dude, the syrup is freaking incredible. Is it? It is the greatest syrup I you've love ever the had process. In life. We have it here. I'll give you guys something to go home with. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, pan- thank you.
5: Pancakes are never going to be the same again. It's almost like a shame to put it on
1: pancakes. <laughs> right. I mean,
0: it's delicious. I might it
1: just it drink it out of it a shot glass. In.
0: It makes a hell of an old fashioned. Ooh, Ooh. Using, yes. using that no, instead yes. of, that yes. sort of sugar.
2: Go-to oh man. I love. Yeah,
0: yeah. So yes. this is one of our ticketed brewery-only bottle bottle things we do. This doesn't go to market. Um, and you know it's like I wish there was a better way to do the bottle only releases right. because the tickets are gone in that's literally a second. This is so um, good. But yeah, that's a that's a solid brew. Uh, it's about 10.5% ABV, our highest calorie content beer we've ever produced. Anybody wants the high-calorie side of things? <laughs> After talking about what we I talked did. about, this it. is 400 <laughs> I calories per it. 12 ounces. So. 400 yeah. per 12. Yeah, buddy. No joking that's around nice. there. Cheers
5: that's that. that's <laughs> insane. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Whoa. <laughs> hey, watch it now. Now, uh, you're talking about – you mentioned sustainability, right? Yeah. And I know you guys are big on that. Mm-hmm. So what – First how'd you so good. how
0: did that come about? It's good to be, yeah. how, did, how did the how did to come about? Paul and I started getting into uh, trying to shrink the footprint of our brand. That's just something like that's a core that's just like a core belief for us that wasn't Something that came about for any marketing purposes We really should probably market that Heavier than we do um, But well, when we built this building But with this generation, like we were talking about the Z Yeah, right, right You They're should,
1: kind of but I think it's it awesome that you don't Because a lot of people do something just so they we can talk it. about right. it exactly. yeah, It's not it's why, not why, why did we did it, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: When we built this building We knew we were going to want to add solar at some point And we were going to start with solar hot water So we put radiant floor heat throughout the entire building So something you'll notice is you don't see HVAC in this oh, yeah, place yeah. because all the heat in the wintertime comes from the floor. And so that's the first thing we installed was solar hot water. And we did that right in 2008. Uh, and so what makes our solar hot water system unique is that it both heats the building and it also preheats processed water for the brewing process. So okay. we're actually using solar preheated water in every batch of beer we make. Um, and then shortly after that, we put in our first solar PV array generating power. Mm-hmm. And then we add it to that again a few years later. So I mean we're at the point right now where we're generating about sixty five percent of our annual power on site. Wow. Nice. wow. Which is That's amazing. insanely high. That and is amazing. Even, there are breweries with larger solar powered arrays, but they're much bigger breweries, sure. like Sierra Nevada. Mm. So okay. if you I mean, this is a play on words, but I'm gonna ride this as long as possible. If you break it down on barrels of beer brewed to solar power generate it, nobody comes close to Central water. Really? Wow. Because we produce so much Especially nobody the independent. for the barrelage. Especially yeah. nobody independent. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. And so that's just like one aspect of it, though, because sustainability isn't just about green energy. It's, it's about shrinking the overall footprint. So it's about where do you source your products from and what are they doing? And where does your product go and how does it get handled there? And so if you're going to look at your overall footprint, you have to include everything. So we pay attention to all of those things. We do the reductions we can here. Um, We choose ingredient suppliers that aren't always the cheapest option, but they're the best option to keep our footprint where we want to keep it. Uh, we use 100% Brees Malt out of Chilton, Wisconsin, so they're an hour and a half away from here. They make some of the best malted barley in the world, and we feel very fortunate to use exclusively Brees Malt. We might be the only brewer in the state of Wisconsin that has forever only used Brees Malt. I mean, there's not been one kernel of barley that has come into this building or this business that has not been Brees Malt and Company wow. for 21 years. Wow. So. That's um, a good really business partnership. <laughs> it's awesome. And yeah. they're such good people. And yeah. it's just like we both, I think, love each other equally. Yeah. Um, and so a it's few ch- years ago. It's such a cute little town. It's awesome, yeah. <laughs> so we have a farmer here locally, uh, Bob Stew, that lives two miles away. He grows organic brewer's barley. Brewery Malted Company buys it from him. They malt it, and we're the only brewery that can buy that. Oh, wow. And now he can't produce enough barley to feed us year round. Okay. So we add some to every batch of beer we make. So every single beer you have from us has locally grown organic barley. In oh, wow. it. And so it just, you know, part of that model is also trying to keep all of your dollars as local as possible. Right. Sure. So mm-hmm. this is like, that's my example of the perfect circle because <clears throat> we pay Brees for his barley. Breeze pays him for his barley and he and all his family and friends come here and pay me for my beer. And <laughs> so I take that money like, and I pay the, Brees, And, you and you then Brees pays him and yep, you, you just like keep on. That yep. loop, well, and this know? is what's
1: fucking awesome is like I'm always well, we're always discussing how one of the benefits even if we pay more of craft beer is we feel like we're putting dollars back into the local area, yep. that mm-hmm. brewery. Mm-hmm. What you're telling us is we're giving you our money and you're giving Money to, to another to the Wisconsin company, here. and
0: they're giving it to another Wisconsin and farmer, also, and then he's giving it back to me. Yeah, yeah. Like exactly that's, right. That's wor- that makes me feel good. Exactly right now. Yeah. yeah. So beer, that beer
5: it, makes you feel good too,
0: and girl. I already felt good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's what it's all about. Yep. And, and again,
0: you know, something that you know Paul Paul would be saying right now if he was here um, is you know we're we're horrible businessmen. <laughs> you know, like those choices that we make aren't always from a sound business decision. Uh, but yeah, capitalism just, would tell you we're good you that people. I think we're good people. Yeah. yeah, and so we run our business sometimes more from our gut and our hearts than we do from our heads. Yeah, um, but it's served us well. For I was going to say twenty-one, 21 years. years. Yeah. That seems to work just There's fine. There's sustainability
1: in that because. 'Cause beer is a story and people will right, give a shit about that. Right.
0: And and again, like I talked about it earlier, part of being sustainable is also that idea that the brewery outlives us. Right. That's yeah. sustainability. Like if you want to be around, like that's what that means. It's not just green energy. That's and people just people will
1: remember how you ran your
0: business. Yeah. Hopefully. The next well, generation of people running so. Central Waters will remember how Paul and I ran it. And uh, continue and that. vendors. Because at some point Paul and I won't state. be here. Yeah. And I intend the brewery to be here at that point. So Yeah. yeah.
5: That's really
1: cool. Oh. Well, I mean, we've got several other deep. questions, but we're deep. at a... That was deep. I feel like I need to hug somebody. I know, <laughs> <All> right? <laughs> that was good. We that was good.
4: Are
5: Grab somebody from the barn. <laughs>
1: we're
4: currently at an hour and a half. I don't know okay. how much time you have. I mean, we, we've we got a few other things we could ask you here, but it's a totally up to you as far as time
1: goes. Feel free know. to ask. Give them the lightning round, Chad.
0: Lightning crowd, is there a lightning round? Yeah, here we go, here we go. <laughs> there, usually there isn't, but there isn't. You <laughs> should do a lightning round, that will be fun. Yeah.
4: Well, several of these are kind of related. So, industry trends, where's it going? We can and, touch and, on that a little
0: bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I,
4: what about this uh, partnership thing? That was that the last is, question I wanted. That's just come up recently with like mergers, Boston, you know, like yeah, Boston yeah, Beer yeah. and dog Dogfish Head. I mean, you got two you know. very big craft I brew heads. Mean, do you see that being the future
0: of, of craft beer?
5: Or is I that, don't
2: want to go
0: first call it the future of craft beer, but are we going to see more of that? 100%. Yeah? We're yeah. Going to more. On <laughs> the
4: larger scale craft breweries? I wouldn't be surprised. Or all across?
0: I wouldn't be surprised to see it
2: on smaller scales. Yeah? yeah?
0: Yeah. I don't know that you'll see it on the nano scale because the economics I don't think are there. Um, but, you know, on probably our size and up I could see Mm -hmm. that becoming a thing um you know and part of that is survival right yeah you know um as the industry becomes uh more crowded louder uh more volatile you know you can't like you know we talked about like future trends can anybody predict the future trend I I don't I don't think so that's why there's so many different things happening right now you know um (laughs) I mean, when the New England style started showing up, everybody called that, oh, that was that's the session IPA of the current current fad, you know. Right. And session IPAs have clearly I mean if your name's not founders, you're probably not selling a whole lot of uh, session IPA, yeah. right? Um, so you know then New England is a category, well, it is official, so right? It totally is Well, So a session. Yeah, so Session, yeah. yeah. You know, but I mean <laughs> Define, I mean, I would challenge you know, we've been doing this a long time. I would challenge anybody to give me a clear definition on an India pale ale,
5: right? No, you, yeah,
0: no, That uh, it's just it's, not. it's constantly evolving yeah. and changing, mm-hmm. exactly. So, which is okay for it to evolve and change. So, it's like, okay, well, so what's the next trend? What's the new definition of the next new beer? Like, you know, you <laughs> who knows what the next new trend is. I think that's part of the reason why we're people are throwing. Everything out there. I mean, one of the beers we have on tap is a brooded, fruited New England IPA. Um, mm-hmm. i would never heard of that before. Never heard of a brute Pilsner before.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, do I think that's going to be the next big trend? No, I, I don't, but it's fun to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah,
4: just something interesting to try. Yeah. You know, and, and especially yeah. in, the, in the case of the Pilsners, right. it really seems to stick. I mean, that's... Right.
0: And it's if good. you think about where the, our newest trend came from, the New England style India Pale Ale, that came from a brewery's doing can only releases on site. Yeah. That didn't come from like having success in the market. And that's something that I don't think it's talked about often is that's to me it's the first trend that started from brewery taproom hype. Mm is new england ipas prior to that all of our trends were things that went to a market and performed well and so okay so what's the next you know where's it going to come from is it going to be because the smaller guys most of the breweries now 90 percent of the breweries are are small Um, without the marketing budget to launch a brand at a scale that would justify a new, like, hyped trend, right? They could, it's small releases, small releases, small releases, and so they do it at the tap room only because they make more money that way, which is, yep, sure. you know, Absolutely. economically smart for them. Um, I don't know. What's next? You tell me what the next new trend is. <laughs> yeah. You know? And and then that creates the future, and then so when you have that challenge, breweries are going to merge because alcohol consumption's dropping. It's I always yeah. viewed it as a pendulum, right? When we started, yeah. you know, beer was not the pendulum Right, right. Um, It was heavily Into the wine side yeah. and Spirits to a certain extent it's all cyclical When it kind of Came back to beer And we've been Reveling in beer For a long time And that pendulum Is moving back right now Yeah
1: Let these young kids Have some jobs For a while Start some families yeah. And then we'll see Where they end up Yeah right yeah, Exactly, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Give it a little bit Of time <laughs> yeah. here Yeah,
0: yeah. Give it a little time I mean so you know For us That's why we have Such a diverse portfolio Because I feel like We have something To offer to everybody you know, no matter what your preference is on flavor, we probably have something that's going to fit the bill for you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, if you like spirits, we have barrel-aging beers. That'll knock your socks off, man. You know, if you like beer, we've got a wide range of beers in every flavor you can imagine. And then for wine, I don't know, we'll start doing frozen pouches of <laughs> sours.
2: <laughs> Sorry.
0: I had to bring that full circle. wine barrel aging. Yeah. I mean, that's... We do have, we actually do wine yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. We do. So we have a brand that we've released a couple of times that uh, we called Rivière Coulée. Um, it's a Belgian blonde aged in a red wine barrel. it's fantastic. It's such a good beer. get it. We have some aging right now. I don't have it in stock for you, know? but we do have some aging. We do have some aging. So and that kind of brings in that realm, and so that's part of that trying to be broad in the styles that you provide and the flavors that you provide, so that you can yeah. capture. All the drinking audience,
2: you
0: know. How many
4: beers in 21 years? How many brands have you have you done? Do you know the number?
0: I 21 years—that's
4: a long time. So I mean, I
0: don't know the number, but I'm going to tell you it's. Oh uh, gosh, being conservative, of all the beers that we've produced that like went to market or just produced and had. I, in
4: I house. would say everything. Everything you. Wait, you yeah, everything well, you've gosh, tried. What
0: I mean. <laughs> Got to be thousand? Hundred, no, no, I don't hundreds? think it's. I would say, yeah, hundred. You know, if you think about that, like all the different one-offs we've done. Yeah. Um, the, the rotation of seasonals, the rotation of barrel aging beers. There's a lot, man. I was It's got to be over a hundred. Then I would think. Yeah. I mean, how many yeah. do you have on tap right now? Got Twenty. Yeah, twenty-four. But 20. like we, we, you know, rotate those out. Yeah. We have ones waiting behind others. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, we're definitely in the hundreds. Yeah.
5: Now, right Very now cool. we have. Seventy five hundred craft breweries, according double to from
0: five years ago. What do you? Where, where double do in that? five years? Where do you <laughs> see that crazy. in five years?
5: I mean, how much? Dude, if you had asked me how much room, how much room do you think we you have? If you had
0: asked me that question three years ago, I would not have predicted that there'd be seventy five hundred. Really? Yeah. So that's hard for me to <laughs> say where it's going to go. You I mean, there's a lot of three room years ago. Or? I said we're we're kind of peeking out yeah. here, and we didn't. And right. that's like we, you know, the industry evolved to find niches that didn't exist. Because I think, I think right now, just my personal opinion is if you want to open a brewery and your intent is to distribute, that's a real hard road right now. Because number of breweries have grown, but it's not like every time a new brewery pops up, a liquor store puts up a new shelf right? or puts in a new cold box right. or a bar expands their tap yeah. lines. Yeah, they don't have a new line. The spot is occupied. And we've already yeah. been rotating tap lines for years just yeah. to accommodate all that. We're starting to see some stores start rotating uh, package placements, you know, just so that their stores... Like, that's relatively (coughs) new in the industry, you know? There's just not room for that. And at some point, laws of economics have to take over and go, okay. But what started happening is breweries were able to open up and, you know, have a tap room. Right. And maybe not distribute at all. Or if they do, just to a select few accounts... Um, and then they become, you know, they'll employ three people or four people or. or do you ten do a lot of carry out here? We do a fair amount of carry out here. Yeah, know? yeah, we do uh, growler fills and crawler fills, so we get a lot of that because people are coming to try the things that we don't distribute, right? Um, and that draws them here, and they're taking crawlers to go, um, and then we push them to our local local bars as much as possible. And that's the other difference here is for us, like Paul mentioned earlier, and you guys pointed out. Our taproom is not separated by a wall or glass or anything. So we can't have the taproom open when we're in production and mm-hmm. we do two shifts of brewing Monday through Thursday. So we're only open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and we're closed by 10. So,
1: so does that work in terms of cost control, or do you wish you would have done that differently?
0: I'm okay with where we're at right now. I think the limiting hours, limited availability is what makes the tap room popular. It's the same strategy in beer. Yeah. You know, if you can't get in. You can only get there on certain days. You can only get here on certain times. We have a food truck that parks out here only in the summer and only on Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah. And so people come here, get some food from a local, you know, restaurant. Um, And so consequently, all of our local establishments still support Central Waters, you know, because that's a benefit of us being in a town of a thousand people is we love Amherst, but just like, you know, if we weren't here, how much traffic is coming into Amherst right, and right. going to the gas station right. at a grocery store yep. and visiting other bars and right. like, we're driving a lot of traffic in those place. When we have our party every year, we release you know, oh, they must love your local business. There's 3,000 people that show up here yeah. in this building. That's amazing. The population of Amherst is 1,000. Yeah. Three Times the pop- So we've yeah. tripled the population of the town for an eight-hour event. Yeah. And they're spending money in the community. Sure. Yeah. You know, and so that's that that's what I think we bring. Um, it's a different. I think it's a different animal altogether if you're opening a, a three-barrel, so a three-barrel brewery. Um, and you're open seven days a week and you're selling food and then you're kind of a brew pub at that point. Right. Or, or a yeah. bar that makes your own beer at the very right. least, right? So, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that model. It's just a model that I wouldn't have predicted was going to develop five years ago. I wouldn't have predicted that that was going to be a model. Yeah. Um, and it is.
5: Now, if you're I, if you're to open a brewery today, so you haven't been doing this for, for this long. I was going to do it. If you're going to open a brewery today, um, actually, I mean, Let's do it differently. If if I was gonna open a brewery today, yep. what advice would you give to me saying these are the top you know few hey, things? You live in do. Illinois, right?
0: Yeah. I'd open a recreational marijuana shop. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> As of the news this week. That's <laughs> real talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Truth. Um, Done. <laughs> you know, if you know I think if I could do it all over again, I'd probably open a brew pub.
5: So the, with Just the less headaches,
0: man, I don't have to deal with distribution. Um. You know. Yeah. don't have to deal with the politics of, of that. Just have a brew pub. And, and you know, I think, I think there's more brewers now that are okay with this level, but a lot of breweries, especially ones our size and larger, have fallen prey to, and this is just my opinion, um, is they're always chasing volume. And at some point you have to find a way in every business, and especially this one, to go, this is our volume level, and this is Okay. Let's find a way to make a profit at the volume level that we're because it's not about being bigger. Yeah. And some people get lost in that bigger, bigger, bigger. Right. Especially here in this state, which you guys have seen, I'm sure, is people chase spotted cow. Well, yeah. say, and when yeah, people yeah. are it chasing spotted cow, like that. Yep. That, is a, that is a fool's errand. I yeah. mean, it's just, that's never going to happen Yeah. I don't think that that's going to happen again anywhere in this country ever again. Is it is an enigma. And absolutely and well, what's it. never so going to happen? What do absolutely they do? Is. What do they do right? I mean, why do right think, place, right time, right brand. Yeah. I think it's
1: you timing know? more than anything. It's I mean, the right time.
0: You think about this. Spot a cow has a larger distribution footprint than either Miller or Budweiser in this state. Yeah. Meaning you're more likely to find spot cow than Miller or Bud. That's yep. crazy. Because you state, have yep. bars that don't sell one or the other, Miller or Bud. Yep, But you they know, all sell spot cow. We talked about that yeah. earlier, right? But everybody has spot a yeah, cow. And a bottle or a draft, they've got it. You know, I mean, it's almost a challenge now to go to a place and not find Spada Cow.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, it's freaking everywhere. And the, I mean, good for them. Like, New Glarus is a fantastic brewery. And um, so, you know, that's who we look at. And we're like, oh, that's, look at that. You know, but for me to go out there and say, we're going to be the next spot of Cow, that's crazy talk, man do that shit? <laughs> like, there's just that's not going to happen again, right? And so, if you're going to open a brewery and be a production brewery, you have to understand that you're you're not going to hit that scale. It's, it's probably not going to be there. So, your business plan's got to find a way to go sm- smaller volumes and profit, and that's not easy to do. Yeah. As a twenty-one. 21-
4: as a twenty-one-year-old brewery, are you still dealing with politics in the distribution chain?
0: Hell yeah! Oh, yeah. Are yeah. you every day, all the time, every day, every
4: day? That's crazy that every that every day <laughs> a, a brewery this old would still have to deal with the typical bullshit that the new guys have to deal with and getting your product out constantly. Man, constantly crazy. Yeah. Yep. Now That's you part guys. Part of what
0: I do, like half of my job, is a firefighter.
2: You yeah. Know?
0: I go around and I put out fire. Somebody's yeah. pissed off about something, and I go help smooth it over, explain our position, or or I don't know, whatever it needs.
1: I do a lot of that in my job. I know how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always tell people, though, you can't fix stupid. You know, you only do so much.
0: Yep. None of my researchers are stupid. They're all the best people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I love them all, dearly. <laughs> um, But, I mean, that's something that, you know, we talked about earlier, we've been very, very fortunate with is because, you know, something that I've done is rather than, you know, we've got two awesome sales guys. One works in Milwaukee, one works in Madison. Um, Those guys rock it down there. But locally, we haven't hired a rep. It's me. So it's still the owner of Central Waters is still showing up to the liquor stores, to the bars, talking to the owners about new brands, explaining things, Um, attending the events when there's, like, an event a tapping event i'm very likely to show up and so that that's just it's a different more personal feel um which i don't think you see very often from brands that are a couple decades old yeah you know and it it keeps us engaged frankly
4: cool i think your geographic location coming off the highway is really neat too because it's like you come off the highway and the first thing you see is this giant Field of solar, solar panels. panels. Yeah, yep. right. And it's yep. like, oh, what is that? Well, it's a brewery. A so. couple of silos. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's neat. I mean, for a town this size, it's, it's kind of a neat thing to well, see coming off the highway.
0: Yeah, when we moved from Junction City, we were looking at a few different markets. You know, we looked at Rapids and Marshfield and Stevens Point and... Um, we were very fortunate that our banker is the International Bank of Amherst. Um, <laughs> uh. That is the name of the bank. It's been family-owned since the 1800s. I'm not laughing at the bank. And, uh, just just a yeah, oh, ironic it's name. It's <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. that's part of the reason they've kept it is because it is so funny. It's in <laughs> a ton of thousand people. Uh, and Butch, who's the president of the bank, is a fantastic guy. We wouldn't be here without him. Um, and he helped us a lot along the way. Uh, well, my favorite story about that is when we moved here, when people ask that question of why Amherst, like you could have moved to at least Stevens Point, mm-hmm. a town of, you know, 25,000 people and had just a bigger population base for your tap room and all that stuff. Yep. Well, when we moved here, within the first yeah. month or two, we went to the local grocery store. I was standing in line. There's a little grocer in town. And nobody knew who I was, you know, and I'm standing in line. And the people in front of me were talking about Central Waters moving to Amherst, which was cool. But the way they were talking about it, they were saying, "Hey, did you hear our brewery is moving to town?" They were—they're were using that possessive. Like, oh, yeah. That's awesome. Our brewery is moving to Amherst. They already Had viewed it. Central Waters as their brewery, right, yeah. and that's now cool. we're moving to. And it was like, "That's so freaking awesome!" Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. we chose the right town to move yeah. to, you know. And and the village of Amherst supports us wholeheartedly, you know. So um, they see the value to us. We see the value to them. It's great. That's it's awesome right partnership. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Very and cool.
0: The, they don't puts a real, puts a real definition to the word destination brewery, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's
0: not just about, you know, the brewery itself is a destination. It's like, well, yeah, you're not like there's a town of thousand people. You you do have to travel to come here. It
1: just it just feels. Yeah, I mean, before
4: we, I was telling these guys
0: about about the taproom
4: before we yeah. before we came here, and I said this, the setup is awesome. They got this bar. It looks overlooks the tanks. It's just a cool feel, and it, I mean, as far as a yeah. destination type of brewery. I mean, the experience of just coming here and sitting in the tap room is is worth the trip.
0: Good. So good. came, yeah. yeah. Awesome. It's been yeah. great.
5: Well, cool. Where can
0: people find you? Yes. Um, so we are. Our entire portfolio is distributed. Obviously, Wisconsin, Minnesota, South Dakota, Iowa, Illinois. Um, we have limited distribution uh, in like Michigan and Indiana, Pennsylvania, Jersey. Our entire portfolio is in New York City. Wow. Um, we're about to reopen up Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Um, and then we started exporting uh, a little over a year ago. So we're across Europe and Russia, actually. Wow. So, wow. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. I, well, well, I was wondering exactly. earlier when you were talking about Germany. like yeah. How much are international, international? Yeah. are it's you It's not
0: guys a lot doing? of volume. It's kind yeah. of just more like we found an exporter that wants to take the brand there and so like brew dog is taking our brand and taking it to all their pubs okay Okay. um we've got distribution in the netherlands belgium uh some in germany uh russia like i mentioned what are some of the more popular of yours that sell that sell good over there it's almost exclusively barrel aging okay Uh, but we have started sending over some of these new england ipas um, Russia actually doesn't want any of the crazy stuff there. They're taking like Honey Blonde and Mud Puppy. And, yeah. you know, hmm. um, they're looking for the more core brands. Um, it's a much stuff. harder country to get into. There's a lot of paperwork oh, that yeah. goes into going into Russia, which is a little bit crazy of an experience. Um, do you deal
4: with that? Is that? Like I do. You, you, I do you all deal of that. with that? Yeah, yep,
0: yep. I do all of like the federal tax work and um, export tax work and all that stuff. <laughs> is it, is it easier
5: the, to get into Russia or Texas?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny about that? Russia. That's Russia. <laughs> and, 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 it's, and that's true
0: for any state in the country, and it's different. It's, it's not why you'd think. It's not because of the paperwork. There is a shitload of paperwork to go into Russia, which my exporter dealt with mostly. Uh, but, um, and that's brew export out of Michigan. But uh, it's that I go to Europe, and... People like, importers are like, yeah, we'd love to bring in some Sancho That's not a lot of volume, but yeah, we'd love to bring in. We'd love to bring it in. You go to any other state in this country, they're like, now nah, we're good, man. I got, I got all
5: these other craft breweries. But it
0: doesn't matter what you have. Like, I've gone to wholesalers before, like a few years ago, and I was like, hey, I just want to sell you barrel-aged product. So yeah. Like, every three months, take a few pallets of, Yeah. Know, we've got this reputation behind us. What do you think about that? They're like, now nah, we're good. Like, wow. I wasn't expecting that answer. Just shut right. you down you right know? away. Because they're just, I mean, if you think about that, and, you know, for me, having wholesalers in my home state, when my wholesaler tells an out-of-state brewer, no, mm-hmm. I'm thankful for that. Right. Yeah, You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's what needs yeah. to start happening, frankly. So I understand. Uh, it's not about like, I don't think I can sell your product. It's that. I got you. If I bring in your product, then it's less attention I'm going to be able to give to someone I already else's. had in my house. Yeah. And that's a respectable answer. Interesting. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Sweet. Very good.
5: Well, thanks, man, for taking the time. We really Thank appreciate you guys. it.
0: I'm glad you guys came out. No, this yeah. is awesome. This is awesome. And thanks for that, getting me out of painting. That beer was. The maple stout. <laughs> oh, Damn, good. god, that's so good. That Solid was, beer, yeah. So good. Oh. Fantastic.
2: We're the three best friends that anyone could have. We're the three best friends that anyone can have, and
5: we're always gonna hang out.